get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. On a Friday, it's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and our guy Dan McLaughlin, who's with us for uh, the entire show today. Because Jamie's going to be out at four. He's got some. He's got some TV work. Yeah, to do. you know, I got this thing got going on downtown. Yeah, you know. TV well, star. Oh, TV geez. star Jamie wow. Rivers. Let's hope the boys. Let's hope the players are the stars tonight. Yeah, you know? no kidding. It's always better when the players are the star of the show. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I guys. I think the refs. Oh, the refs part of it. Don't ask the refs that. <laughs> Dan, Sorry, Peelsey. Yeah, no Dan, kidding. When Dan is looking at uh, a baseball game or a hockey game or a football game, he goes, listen, all I care about is who's officiating tonight. Oh, yeah. Who's officiating? Because I would so like I to go, pay go see them. The $250 to go down to the game to watch the ref. Absolutely. Or the umpire. Why not? Yeah. That's what the that's what the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers faithful did last night. They they went to just see how many holding and you know, <laughs> oh, procedural man. calls they could call in that ugly. In that one that was ugly, ugly last night. Do you Steelers think at win. some point Amazon pulls their Thursday night game because they're like, hey, you guys always give us crap games? I think Al Michaels wants it, that. It has yeah, Michaels is dying. Oh, he sounds is, checked yeah. out. Yeah, he kind of is, and he's unbelievable. He's the best that's ever done it. But he sounds a little checked out because yeah. the the opponents aren't great and the games aren't great. No. But when the action picks up, he's great. It's just you haven't had that on a Thursday night, really. No, no. you're you're absolutely the ma- the matchups are often are often rough. I don't blame the NFL for doing that though because what? You've, well you've got games that are. I mean, it's a short week with Amazon though. The uh, money that's sitting right there, you want to start petting the cat the wrong way? Uh, well. Uh, <laughs> You back into a couple of decent matchups. Like last <laughs> night, you kind of backed into Will Levis having coming you? off the, the a, a good game. Jamie, I'm trying. I, I know you're trying. Was I'm going, trying. Give me more Will Levis. <laughs> Give me more Will. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that strapping lad, Will Levis, going, going on the road against the Steelers. I don't know. I don't know uh, how you guys feel. I, I, maybe it's just a fact. Like it's a, it's kind of a fall day as opposed to what we've been dealing with over the last week or so with the coldness. I'm in a good mood. I think the Blues upend the Devils tonight. I think that... Oh, Anthony, I like where your head's at. I think the Blues pull off the old upset. I was looking at the matchup, guys. Uh Blues typically fare well against the Devils. That's New Jersey team hasn't always been great, so you you gotta kind of factor that Mm -hmm. in. But it's a home home game, Friday night, had the day off. The way Coach was talking oh, the other Friday. place will be buzzing, man. I get, the days of the week to be this this week have been off. You're it's because you're working like every minute of every day, so you forget <laughs> what time it is and what day it is. I, right? I, it's definitely they they kind you know, of loop they into all each bleed other together. Bleed yeah, together. that's yeah. what I'm looking for. Loop. Bleed. Your, your head is on a loop, huh? but the days bleed yeah. bleed together. I feel good about it. Coach yeah. Coach talks about how uh, you know he felt. Felt like the, the the boys played a little better. He saw some better things in that in that last game against the Avs. Yeah, you know the second period was definitely their best period of the game. Um, look, the New Jersey Devils are are a lot like many opponents the Blues are going to have this year. Really fast and skilled. Damn. 
Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes isn't bad. How about this for us for just a little bit of a might be the best right now in the NHL. Oh, he, he so is. So if you're going I down there, you're gonna see his star. He's a star for sure. But how about this one? I believe, and I'll, I'm gonna double check this. I think I'm pretty correct on this. That Jack Hughes and Quinn Hughes are the first brothers to ever lead the NHL in scoring in their respective positions. Really. So Jack Hughes leads all scorers right now as a forward, and Quinn Hughes leads all defensemen in scoring. And Quinn Hughes is only four points behind his brother. Wow. Is that right? It's only four points behind his brother? Yeah, and Jack Hughes leads the NHL right now with 20 points. Hmm. Wait till you watch him. If you're a fan, wait till you watch this dude skate. He is flying around the ice. He's annoying, Dan. Well, have fun describing that tonight on television. I was going to say to people, look, that guy there, he's annoying. <laughs> Someone should hit him. Yeah. <laughs> but they can't catch him, but that's you can't okay. can't catch him. Pin him down, hit him yeah. hard. Yeah. Well, that's roll. Talking hockey? Uh, yes. Good. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll stay with that. All right, tell me how the Blues get better on the power play. They're one for 25, so it's under 4%. or at 4%. What do they do on the power play? I honestly feel like they just have to simplify it. Anthony, I've said this numerous times. Like, win a face-off, make one pass, shoot the puck. But the biggest thing they have to do is retrieve the pucks. So, like, it's one thing to simplify it and shoot the puck, but if you don't have guys that are retrieving the pucks or winning those puck battles after that to regain possession, it's almost like a giveaway. So, for me, the Blues just have to simplify it. Get some big bodies out there in front of the net. And make it very, very obvious what you're trying to do. And then you challenge your own players to win those battles. So they've had 25 power plays. They only have 32 shots. And that's kind of what you're talking about. That's the third from the bottom right now in the National Hockey League. You got to get, it's so cliche, but man, you got to get pucks on the net and things happen. You get the crazy bounces, you get traffic in yep. front, you get all those things, all the cliches. But man, Ribs, you know it. It's, it's so true when that happens on a power play. Well, you need the pucks and you need the bodies at yeah. the net. And that's the biggest thing. that, like, You can't just throw pucks at the net because today's NHL, those are giveaways. The goalie's good enough. The defensemen are good enough to block the shot or take the puck and go with it. So you have to cause chaos down there. And you have to make the goalie feel uneasy about the whole play that's happening. And then on top of it, have to deal with you know stopping the puck the right way and not leaving a juicy rebound or having a squibbler go through under the arm and things like that. That's why you need bodies there initially is to cause this chaos for the goaltender and then obviously secondarily you want to be there for a rebound or a deflection or anything even like you said goes off your butt off your leg off your foot into the net you have to find a way to generate some offense on the power play because i will say this and i'll stand firm on this if the blues had three or four more power play goals they'd probably have a couple more wins probably right yep that makes sense they've been in a lot of these games and the power play has been the differentiator to where you're not scoring so you don't get that extra goal to either tie the game or take the lead and it costs you ultimately it costs you wins jamie dan if i may i I was drawing up some plays Hmm. last night for the old power play and one thing that i came up with did you do it like paper and pen? Yeah, darn right, I did. Okay, yeah. good. Old school pen style. Or pencil, so you can erase. It yeah, you're gonna. Make, you might need that eraser. Reason, for some reason, I like to use pen and extra paper if I need to. I mean, it sounds efficient. Yeah. So here's the deal, guys. I think that the Blues on the power play need to line up three wide. Okay. Go by a standard three by one formation. Mm. You got your quarterback Dory Krug at the top <laughs> of the key. Yeah. 
you're going the oop de oop tonight. Okay, you line up three to one side. They got to force their defense over to one side. Now you got one on one on the other, right? Now Tory Crew can either push the action forward if he's got some open ice, or he could get it out one on one. Either way, he's got some space out there. We call it the standard oop oop de oop. I think this is how we generate more offense. Yeah, Anthony. I mean, it's a great idea. Um, however, oh my. Yeah, Janet. Janet, Janet that's, yeah. I feel the same way. Um, the way I would defend that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Let's, may, let's, let's workshop this. Like, if I may. Sure. Is, is it hot in here, by the way? Yeah. It is getting Danny. hot in here. Um, I would just have my top of the diamond guy front the puck, uh-huh. and then I'd have my one guy on the sidewall cover all three guys that are all in one spot because I don't need more than one guy to cover all those three guys. Well, no, listen, we fan out a little bit, okay? I mean, <laughs> one, once the play starts... You fan out. One, you, you can attack the seam. So you're going to go 1-3-1, one, one, then, basically. Well, we got the we got the three-by-one. Yeah, but you got if your you quarterback. fan them out, you're, you're basically emulating the current power play setup. No, no, I don't think you're grasping this, the, <laughs> how I'm sophisticated this I don't think Jamie is. gets it. Thank you. No <laughs> problem. I, don't I appreciate this. that. Yeah. You know what, guys? You're right. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> Do you think at any point that you can talk to Chief on this and, oh, and think, get this implemented? I think he'd definitely be all ears for this one. Anthony. Good. You know what? I'll schedule a private meeting between you and Chief. I appreciate and that. You can yeah. Educate him mm-hmm. on that. Jamie. Patient, patience threshold to be. When you Very go good. on the yeah. road, though, you know you get a lot of one-on-one time on the plane, on the bus, you know, down in the lobby of the mm-hmm. the hotels, or that kind of thing. It's so early, but what do you what do you get from Chief, and what do you get from the assistants, and what they're saying right now? Well, I, I, to a man, they all believe they're better than what they're playing right now, and I don't disagree with that. Because if the power play, we go back to the power play, scoring a couple of goals, maybe that's a difference in one win, two wins. Uh, Kairou scoring on one of his breakaway attempts. Is that about what, four or five? four. Yeah. If he scores on one of those, maybe that's another differentiator as well. So you could have two to three more wins right now. And if you did that, you'd be at the top of the division. So you're not that far off. Now, the losses that you've had, they haven't looked pretty. Like the Vancouver game wasn't pretty from start to finish. It just wasn't. It was, it was one of those games where you're like, okay, that's just a terrible game. Try to learn from that. The Colorado game wasn't a terrible game. The first period was fairly even, edge Colorado. Second period, give the edge to the Blues. I thought they outplayed the Avalanche. Third period, the wheels fell off a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, consistency is the key here, but also putting the puck in the net. If you had two more wins for this Blues team, you're right there in the mix, man. And you're not the Sharks. No. Oh, God, no, you're not the Sharks. Sorry, Anthony. No, Um, I I don't like Sharks fan. I'm not. I do like Sharks. Yeah, do Just you really? Not those sharks. Yeah, they're fascinating fish. The San Jose sharks are awful. Yeah. I don't understand. Awful. How, like historically bad. Yeah, like they're o nine and one, and their goal differential in in ten games is minus thirty five. That's a lot. They gave up ten last night, and it was so bad. Yeah, it was a lot closer than that ten to no, one score. No, Vancouver it wasn't. really wasn't. Didn't even challenge the goal that San Jose scored, and it would have mm. been overturned. And it's it was just, like, we feel bad for you guys. Just, this is third grade, so yeah. we're just going to let that go. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, because the goalie was bumped into, mm-hmm. and I'm sure Rick Tockett is sitting there going, "Like, I know my goalie wants the shutout here, yeah, but, but that was the one thing but, I thought about. Yeah. I don't know though. If I'm the goaler, I'm like. Hey, man, I want the shutout. Right. I'm a little pissed. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I get it, but I'm a little pissed. It's a, there's a fine line there, right? So do you 
challenge it, it gets overturned, and you look like a classless goofball. I get it. Or if you if you don't, and you give up the goal, and your goalie mm-hmm. loses shutout. I get that. Yeah. Or if you're wrong, period, and the goal stands, and then you then you really look bad. Then you get another power play against you, but does it really matter? Yeah, right. Like, I no, don't know. At that point, no. There's probably a lot going the on sharks, in that split second. There. Yeah. The sharks are going the A's model of yeah, how the problem is roster that, build. The, but the problem with this strategy right now for the Sharks is there's no Connor Bedard at the end of the rainbow. That's right. No. Like, there's some good young players, but there's no Connor Bedard. Like, right. to tank this much, this quickly? Yeah. Woof. Not great. No. 214, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Dan McLaughlin and Jamie Rivers. Jamie with us until 4 o'clock. I'm Anthony Stalter. Let's get into the Thursday night football game and when some of the other NFL storylines from last night. Are the Steelers back? No. Ish. Yes. Uh, the record would no. indicate that they're yes. back ish. Hot garbage. So Jamie's upset. He he had the Titans last night. I we'll did. get into it next on one of his That's why he doesn't like them. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Levis steps up, fires, and it's picked off. Quan Alexander cements it. Al Michaels, the one and only Al Michaels on the call last night as the Steelers came back to beat the Tennessee Titans 20-16. We are up one point Against oh, the yeah? Rizzuto show, yes. Jamie had the Titans. Well, I was I the only one on the Titans? You're the only one on the Titans on, sorry, our, on our team. No, that's okay. That's right. I thought it was. A, I look, thought we had it there for a little. Hey, for three and a half quarters, you did. You did. But, did you guys go by the spread or just straight up? Straight up. Straight up. Okay. Yeah. So they had more on the Titans. They had two. They had Riz and I think Rafe was on the was on the Titans. So well, we're up we're up one going into. Sunday. I'm happy that I lost then because it gave us the victory as a team. For right now, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, it's one day at a time, one game at a time. No doubt. One snap at a time. Yes. Mm. I like your mentality. It's not there. cliche. I like at your all. mentality. No, you like my mentality. I do. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people do. Two locations. Tell them Anthony and Jamie sent you. That's in. right. Visit them at lowtusa.com. <laughs> Cha-ching. Bradford's, Bradford. Bradford. Bradford's panicking. Bradford. Come on, Bradford. Come on, Bradford. We have to hit it. We said mentality. Two locations, both in South County and uh, West County. There it is. There we go. There we go. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well done. Well done. Bradford, uh, <laughs> Bradford is pinch hitting today for for Marsh. So Bradford's doing. Marshy's got a big a bachelor job. party or something that they're doing. Yeah, he does. It's uh, going to be leaking its way down to the Enterprise Center. So mm-hmm. I can't wait to be between the benches tonight and just be like scanning the suites trying to find Marshy's bunch. Yep. I have a feeling I'll find them pretty quickly. It's a really so interesting turn of phrase, leaking its way down, huh? Yeah, it is. Leaking. Yes. Yep. There might be a lot of that tonight. Bradford's also been on the board like all all day and night, I think. So I think he's been chained to that board. Yeah. How so. did uh, Tanner got a holiday, a vacation day? Who the I hell? think he was down. When he's, wasn't he down at? No, um, he's, in, he's in Nashville. Nashville. The producers, the regulars are just partying it up. Boy, they bolted. Left but and right. Who gave Tanner a vacation day? Does anybody want work uh, anymore? Huh? Does anybody want work? Jamie off at four, by the way. For I'm still working. <laughs> I'm good. Still working. Bradford will be here. Stay Dan here. will be here. Yeah. I'll be here. Yeah. No. All right. So Whatever, the Steelers, the Steelers, twenty to sixteen. Five. They're five and three. How? <sighs> Dan, I mentioned this yesterday. They have been outgained uh, every including game, including last night. Every single game. How good been is, is Mike Tomlin? He gets the most out of his players yeah. consistently, and then you hear how overrated he is. What the are you talking about? This guy gets more out of his talents 
than any coach in the entire league, including out of his, uh, an offense that's not that's not good. Hey, you got Matt Canada there. Stop it. Yeah, and you brought do. him down and to the sidelines. Yeah, he's on the sidelines now, sir. That's Everything's the big fixed. Difference. Everything's the fixed difference. for the Steelers. He gave him a headset that doesn't yeah. even work anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that's the whole point. <laughs> they did the Bruce Arians. <laughs> yeah, the Bruce Arians. Yep. You can wear this. We're not going to have you plugged in, though. Well, you saw it again last night. They, they, were, they went right down the field the first drive. They scored a touchdown, and then they went silent until the fourth quarter. This is the Steelers' offense this season. D- defensively keep us in the game, and then the fourth quarter we might try. Third most points that they've scored this year in a game, 20. That's, Think about that's that. Not, that's not great. That's 326 not great total yards. That's 32nd. And 166 rushing yards, 166. That's awful. That it, was the best game they've had offensively rushing. Right, they're celebrating Yeah. I mean, that's ugly. Kerry, da- Kerry Davis right now, who is preparing for – uh, Desmet playoff game tonight. Yeah, big, Ooh, boy. Yeah. big playoff go, game. Go get him, Kerry uh, Davison. Go Hawks, baby. Yep. Uh, so Hazelwood Central is taking on Desmet tonight, seven o'clock in a, in a playoff mm. game. So Desmet got a pretty good team. Yeah, mm. apparently Desmet. I don't like want to see one. the line on that one. Uh. Yeah. Hey, it's you know what? It's fine. All right, our, our Kerry Davis is going to have those boys ready to go. He'll have some up his sleeve, no doubt, no doubt. I asked him if I can call plays yesterday. He uh, respectfully told me no. Does he, has he not seen you coach flag football? Apparently not. <laughs> I had a I had a high scoring offense. Yeah, and I was averaging damn near thirty points a game. Yeah, with a running clock. It's pretty impressive. Clock, right? Yep, you yep. did. Anthony, what's your preferred system? I'm trying to get up to speed here. Yeah, what are typically, you uh, Jamie and I. Jamie was my co offense coordinator this year. Uh, we typically <laughs> run the oop de oop. Yes. Yeah, which is why I wanted to see the Blues also implement the oop yeah. That's mean, without saying no fates. Yeah, It's exactly. universal across right. the board. You can run it in basketball, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can run it basically so in works. any sport. Yep. So the AFC North is, is suddenly interesting again, boys. You got the Ravens at 6-2. and two. They're hosting Seattle this weekend. The Steelers at 5-3. and three. Cleveland doesn't have an offense either, but their defense is, is outstanding. They're 4-3. and three. And the Bengals are 4-3. and three. But it kind of feels a little different than yeah. the Browns four and three, and the Bengals host the Bills this weekend. In pro, in, in my opinion, the most interesting matchup because the Eagles and Cowboys fascinating in and of itself. It's an it's an NFC East rivalry. But the Bengals and Bills, after what Cincinnati did to them in Buffalo last weekend, I think this is the best matchup of the weekend. You don't like Kansas City, Miami? You gotta love it, Dan, especially on a Sunday morning. I'm just saying this Frank is a fascinating Kansas matchup. City, oh, Miami. I forgot that it's in the morning. It's in it's morning Germany. Yep. I'm less turned on now. Why? Why? I don't like. I don't like that. That Sunday morning German. Don't you stuff. love waking up and you got football? Then you got football at noon. You got football at three fifteen. You got Sunday night football. What's yeah. wrong with you? I don't know, Dan. You know. You know what you're Get talking. Out of my face. Okay? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that to me. That to me. So, so that that's obviously a, an incredible matchup as well. Those two. Those two defensive lines are excellent. Miami's got an underrated uh, defensive line, and the Chiefs defensively have been have been great all season chris jones is the key i think to that game because when you get you get pressure into his face he's a different quarterback mahomes oh, and all quarterbacks are most quarterbacks most are. quarterbacks are you Tua, get that pressure in the guy's face he's gonna it's feel t- it well, absolutely mm. the key is mahomes doesn't it. have the flu that's the key in the game Five turnovers, limiting turnovers. What, his hands nice. have the flu? Oh, stop. Weekend? You know, if you have the flu as a player, how tough it is. Don't even give me that, Mr. Tough Guy Hockey. Come Dan, on. Dan, I spent a whole game throwing up into a trash can one time. That's because of what happened the night before. Maybe, but it doesn't matter, okay? <laughs> yeah, I don't think Mahomes is doing that. No. 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 But. No, he's not. Have you seen that documentary? 
No, he's locked in. Down on that guy right he's now. locked in at all times. Uh, but going back to that Steelers Titans game, I did think Will Levis played well, though. I do. I think I think he played well. And considering to keep I, him in that oh, spot, no, no and doubt. He's the future. And what I like about him is he's got big old Liberty Bells. Like he's not afraid to try and drop one in. Yep. Like a lot of the young quarterbacks are tentative or scared to try and throw that pass that has to drop in behind the defender or in between two guys right. because of the, the the fact that it could be intercepted. Now, he made that mistake late in the game where he got that interception where he, they almost picked him off yeah, twice j- before right yeah. in that same area. So they obviously had a, a read on him to that he, he was going to go there. But either way, I like that he showed some confidence. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like oh, he's the ball. got plenty of that. Yeah. Yep. That was in too in his draft history or whatever it was that the book on him was like almost overly confident mm-hmm. that some people yeah, but you got guys that. like that too like johnny manzel like you right. know just using as an example yeah, for sure they super confident cocky come into the nfl all of a sudden you're not so confident and cocky anymore right because it can humble you in a hurry but i just like that he's still doing that like he's, he's throwing the ball in there i i like it i wonder if if part of it was in the first game that he played in that everybody thought in the stadium anybody watching was that look it's a it's a rookie they're gonna all they're going to do is just run the ball. Mm-hmm. And then they did play action, and he's out there throwing it all over the field to yeah. where he's going to have to make that adjustment, kind of like what's going on with Love with Green Bay. There's tape on him now. Yes, I mean, there, you can figure him out, and it's going to take him to make the adjustment. That's what sports is all about. But I do wonder if that's the way it's going to go now from here on out. Uh, I, I just like the fact that it's a short week. It's a tough opponent. Opponent now that has, Dan, to your point, at least four quarters on him now. Forget the preseason, all that. Got four quarters. So you can game plan for him a little bit. And he stood in that pocket. You know, you talk about young guys that, that get hesitant. A lot of times they'll check down. A lot of them, too, will, will look at the rush, will stare at the rush, and then try to run. Levis never looked at the rush. He stood in there. In fact, it, to his own detriment well, at times. Well, the one time he almost got absolutely decapitated. He almost got decapitated, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> but he awesome. stood in there. And when you stand in there like awesome. that, you allow your receivers to run. And Pittsburgh does not have a good secondary. And they're down Mika Fitzpatrick. And he stood in there and made a couple of big throws. Now, in the end, he, he lost and he threw the pick at the end. But he had him right there in the red zone. Uh, so I thought I was very impressed with Will Levis to some degree. And, and look, I know four touchdowns is eye-popping and all that. But to some degree, I thought he's even more impress- impressive last night based on the situation, short week, short preparation than he was a week ago when Hopkins ripped down the one corner, A.J. Terrell in the one touchdown. Another one was a, a defensive breakdown. Like Levis had some kind of some layups last week. There was no layups last night, and I thought he still played pretty well. There you have it. We'll get into our picks a little bit later on, too. I want Dan's picks. I'll get him. Dan's been on fire. He's been telling me some of his plays that he likes. He's like, yeah, Anthony, what do no, you think about this? No, for my friends. I know they're for your, but I'm your friend. Are I'm you? your friend. And, and I want to hear your plays. I'll give them to you. They're excellent. Yeah, you will. Of course I will. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Let's get into this Mizzou matchup, boys. Yeah, my I'm Z. fired up. I'm fired up Z-O-U. for, for Mizzou and Georgia in between I the hedges. I expected Bradford to jump in oh, on that. He didn't. We don't have sound on the uh, special teams like we did Bradford last time. Bradford is the only one that actually went to Mizzou, too. Worry not, it's coming up after the break. <laughs> okay, oh. I know. Your money Your money went to Mizzou. That's I harsh. went to Mizzou. Your, well, to yeah, for a weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And my money sure as hell went your to Mizzou. I'll money tell you that. definitely <laughs> went to Mizzou as your eldest uh, graduated there. So congratulations to yes. Carson Thank on you. that. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ES. ESPN. How does Mizzou pull off the upset tomorrow in Georgia? We'll get into it next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. 
If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. To the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Georgia in between the hedges tomorrow should be fantastic. So how does Mizzou pull off the upset? That's the question, right? 15 and a half point dogs to the dogs. No pun intended. <laughs> oh, boy, Anthony. <laughs> what do you guys think? What's the route? What's the route, Dan, for Mizzou to pull off the upset? Turnovers and an early start. I think if you get off to a quick start, it shows, okay, we can play with these guys. And the other thing I look at, you got to find a way to get to their QB. And their QB, when he has time, he is tearing up defenses right now. No Brock Bowers, no problem. He was able to spread the football around last week. And I think the one thing about Georgia, they've had an extra day to practice where they normally don't do that. They were down by 10 against Mizzou last year, came back to win that game. They're going to be ready. And when it's a game that means something, that is important, that is not just some cupcake, which most people around the country are saying, this isn't a cupcake. This is a chance to improve your resume for the college football playoff. Georgia's ready. Uh, it's going to be a good game, but I think Georgia could come out guns a-blazing tomorrow, which is not good news for Mizzou fans. No, not at all. I think for Mizzou to be successful, as difficult as it's going to be, uh, look, they can throw the football, but I think they actually have to establish some kind of a running game. They have I to agree. get Georgia committed to a little bit of the running game, to respect it at least, and then you can air it out a little bit to try and narrow the gap between the, you know the two teams, the talent of the two teams. But, but if, if they you, get, if you run too, it's time management. You keep your team on the on the field. You keep your offense on the field. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing. I don't want to see the Georgia offense because they could go any direction. So if you run the ball, you're going to keep the clock moving, and it's at least somewhat a time possession to win the game. The hard part, though, is going to be actually running, running the ball. Running the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're, that's what you, in my opinion, that's what they have to try and be successful at, but that might be the most difficult thing that they have to do that day. Jamie makes a great point insofar as what are you going to see from Cody Schrader, though, against an upper echelon defense? It's different when you're talking about going off for almost 200 yards, 20 plus carries against South Carolina. Now, I do think it works in Mizzou's favor to have had the bye week two. Schrader gets to rest up a bit, that quadriceps issue. Last week, or last game rather, we actually saw Mizzou trend in a different direction though, in terms of giving him virtually every carry. 
whereas it was a timeshare earlier in the season mm-hmm. between Schrader and Pete, he became that bell cow back. Are we going to see the same thing tomorrow? You would like to think so, especially given the time off. But Dan, as far as actually Georgia, of course, having had some additional time to work through to game plan for Mizzou, I think it can cut both directions here because it's intriguing to see what Kirby Moore, offensively speaking, from a perspective of being able to plan as well for Mizzou is able to do yeah for for that offense as far as Kirby Moore but it's going to be imperative for Mizzou to somehow some way as you said as well Dan flip the field position at least occasionally this defense has been better markedly better in recent weeks but still you haven't seen the influx of turnovers created they have to get them boys 25 straight wins they've won 41 of 42 who are we kidding Ah, they're fifteen you know, they're and a half with a loss. The, <laughs> the do factors coming in on this. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. You, you got to believe, Dan. That's all. I, I, hey, you do I have believe. to believe. Yeah. You, at some point, you have to take control of the game, and I know that's that's easier said than done, but it is the truth. Now, how do you do that? You want to play good defense, or you want to play better defense? Play less defense. And that's play, my point. Play less defense and find Time a way. Of possession is critical. Flipping the field position is critical. You get to the 50 and it's a fourth and three. Go for it. Don't. You don't think Hem so? them. You think I, so? I Keep think, pushing them bad field position? I think field position winds up being critical for Mizzou. I, I realize the the mindset should be like, well, stay aggressive. I would hem them in, force them to go the length of the field consistently, and then they're they're starting to play the clock too. And then all of a sudden the fourth quarter – it's a one-possession game, and you give yourself a shot. I, I don't think that's cautious or chicken bleep, a, a chicken bleep style of football. I think it's taking control of the game when you have your opportunities. What do you to. think Luther Burden does tomorrow? I can't wait. That's the one thing I cannot wait to watch. Are we going sideways like we did in the first two games, or are we going vertical like we've done you know, since Kansas State? Time. That's the other thing. Georgia, for for as good as Georgia is, and defensively they're 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 excellent. Their pass rush is merely okay. This is not a ferocious pass rush, but can Mizzou Mizzou hold up? Screen game, some opportunities for you in the flat could very well be there. In the event that you're actually able to matriculate the ball down the field and get into the red zone, Theo Weiss has been coming on more and more in recent games, in recent weeks. He gives you a big target there inside the 20. Nice catch radius. I am intrigued to see exactly how they utilize Burden because, Anthony, you you can draw a little bit of a parallel to, okay, how did Mizzou approach as far as the all-out mentality against Kentucky? That was a different opportunity on the road. And in that game, Luther Burden was essentially a non-factor. Mm-hmm. However, you need to force feed him the ball early. If I'm going down in that instance, I'm going down with my very best playmaker, getting the ball in his hands as much as possible. I, I think offensively, they'll, they'll be able to move the ball. I'm, I'm a little bit more worried about the challenge for you Mizzou defensively. You think they're going to be able to move the ball? I mm. think they... I th- Look, the, the, Mizzou's strength is their mm. offense right now. Mm-hmm. Their defense, they got shredded in the middle of the field against LSU. That was the problem. If you saw the Kentucky game, what were they doing? They were forcing Kentucky to throw outside the numbers. Their corners are good. Their linebackers, I realize they're they're athletic and you know, but I think when you're match matching up against Georgia, you have you have a mismatch. If they give Georgia the middle of the field, they're cooked. They're done. They got a four. They got a similar game plan. Get Georgia to try to throw outside the numbers, and of course, you better win on first down because if they're if they're getting six, seven, a pop on you, then forget it. They're, you got to stay out of those situations. Do they cover? Does Mizzou cover? 15 I think Mizzou, and a half. I think Mizzou gives them a game, so I say yes. I think they do too, but Vegas 
always knows something. For the for the Don't line, they always. Like, it's for the line to be fifteen and a half, I'm sitting there going, oh, I think Mizzou's definitely gonna. That's no problem. That Mizzou will be better than that. But then I'm like, oh, but why do they have that number? If it's so obvious, what am I missing? Isn't it something as simple too that Georgia is so good, and they they seem to be able when they have to, and from a player's perspective, it doesn't. It, at some point, it catches up with you. But when you turn when you have to turn it on. They turn it on. And when you look at their game against Florida, they, they had a little issue. And then when they needed to turn it on, it was like, well, watch out. Mm-hmm. And that that, was, there's something to it. That was like when I used to play with the Red Wings. That was like, Absolutely. It, it wasn't me. It was the, the guys that we had in the locker room. You know, we were first place. We won the league that year. But we come in after the second period and somebody just say, all right, enough screwing around. <laughs> all right, let's go win this one. Yeah, to be uh, that good. All right, right. we spotted him too. Uh, we're not losing – Tonight we're not yeah. losing. We're not losing in L.A. Let's go. You know, let's get this one back, mm-hmm. and we go back and just guys we put the game together and win by two goals. It is interesting too. You were just talking about how Vegas knows it opened up at eighteen and a half. Now it's down to fifteen and a half. Mm-hmm. It, it's just simply you know that's a lot because of too many people bought in with right Mizzou. Away. With the, too many people with Mizzou probably right yep, away. Absolutely. I was talking to Dan before this. Uh, the the key is going to be today to see if the line moves, and the reason for that is sports books increase their limits on Fridays. They protect themselves Monday through Thursday. But on Friday, they open up the limits. So guys that know what they're doing will bet on Friday. This notion of, like, the the sharps bet early in the week, it's it, it's a misnomer. Bunk. That's right. They, they will bet on Friday when the limits go up. So if this line drops another point, I would think that the sharps would be on Mizzou. That doesn't mean they're going to cover. It just means that they're on them. If the line stays at 15 and a half after tonight, Sharps may be off of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're just looking at public money. Because Mizzou, I think, would, will, will probably see a lot of public money because people are going to look at a 7-1 team that beat Kentucky, that beat, uh, that nearly beat LSU. K-State. That beat Kansas State and say, Georgia hasn't looked that great. I'll K-State take the 15 and a half. has given up three points in the last two games. They've been great. They've been great. You know how hard that is to do with the offenses that are run today? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, that K-State. It was For a second there, it looked like that K-State win was going to look worse because yeah. they went on the road and lost to, was it was it Oregon State or Oklahoma? It was Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, which on has a Friday t- night. totally turned it around, but too. But OK State's about to give Oklahoma a great a game tomorrow in, the, in, the, in Bedlam. I mean, that Oklahoma State has turned it around. There's and they're probably, at home, too. Yeah. Probably not a more dangerous running back in the nation right now than Gordon. They look good. OK State. And Oklahoma's a, a wounded animal after losing to all oh teams boy. Kansas. So. It's a fascinating schedule. We will get into the College Football Week 10 primer in the 3 o'clock hour, but transition back to the Blues. Your Blues-Devils pregame tonight. Jamie uh, talked a little bit about the power play, but does the power play basically, is that the is that the special teams unit that can turn around the season quickly for the Blues? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yeah. What are you guys doing? All right, it's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Sam McLaughlin, Anthony Stalter. We don't know if these cameras are on during the break. I was telling the guys, I'm like, pretty sure I've got a hernia. And then I started to show Jamie. Jamie was looking. And I watched like from afar. Showing, yeah. showing. I, no, I wasn't showing, it was showing you. It was just, General I was doing the area yeah, of where the problem was. Exactly. Correct. Yep. So, you know, if uh, if you saw it on the Air Alliance team YouTube channel, you're welcome. 
They don't mind. They know. Yep. A lot of Blues. people pulling for you in this thing. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> you. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Blues Devils tonight pregame right here on 101 ESPN starting at six at uh, six o'clock. Jamie will be with us until four o'clock. Dan, you just heard him laughing. Dan McLaughlin will be with us the entire show. So, my question would be, guys, if if the Blues, if all they do is fix the power play. How different does this team look? I'm not saying they don't have other issues. I'm just saying if they yeah. they merely fix one of the problems they have, that being the power play, how different is this team? Well, I think it's a big difference maker. Uh, there's so many power plays now over the course of a game that if you can score, you know, one every five power plays, you give yourself a chance to win the game. How many tight games have the Blues been in this year? Just a couple of them that weren't really tight games. So imagine the, the other night in Colorado, they're down by a goal uh, to start the third period. They have a power play. If they score a goal on that power play, now they're tied, and maybe the rest of the game looks different. And I know that's a lot of if, if, if. But this power play has got one goal this season. One goal in eight games. Like It's not good enough. Not for the guys that you have. I understand a power play is struggling, but you have guys that – Yes, you don't have Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid, or Austin Matthews, but you have guys who can put some points up. Is it as simple, by the way, right now to say, look, your your top players, Thomas, Cairo, and I know this is a simplification of this thing, but you know they've got what a goal apiece, whatever it is. Thomas has two, two Cairo, and has Cairo has one. Yeah, yeah, one. But you look at the Bujnevich, some of the others. I mean, they're just not scoring. Is it as simple as your 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 guys that you're paying? And your top guys that you're leaning on, if they don't produce, they don't have other areas to lean on right now to pick them up. And so if those two guys don't produce, it's going to be a long season. Yeah. And, I mean, you're 100% right. Those guys are paid to produce as well. And, again, I I don't like to equate the paycheck to the production, but this is where we're at because you have two young players – for the only reason that they got the money in the term that they got is because they've showed that they can be a point-of-game player already in their young careers. So you're looking two and three years down the road, will they be 95 to 100 points or 100 points plus players? You hope. Right now, you know, Robert Thomas is not hes not having a bad season. He's got six points in eight games. So is it the steps that you'd like him to take? No, you'd like him to have about 10 to 12 points in, in eight games. But going back to your original comment, is or the original question on all this is if the power play is successful. Well, if the power play is successful, it means that guys like Thomas and Kairou and Buchnevich are all getting points. I'd that. throw Shin in there too. Shinner's having a rough start <clears throat> to this season. Um, yeah, he, he's he's doing all the little things right. He's playing hard. He's playing good defense. He's being a great captain. But the puck hasn't found the back of the net for him. Hasn't found the back of the net for for Kevin Hayes. Like a lot of guys right now are are not producing the way they'd like to. Um, you know, but it, it hurts even more when you have your two top guys that are supposed to be your automatic point producers that they're not you know, filling the net either. So it's tough. Right now for the Blues, creating any kind of offense has been a bit of a struggle for them. Uh, and you'd think that when you get on the power play, that's an easier way to provide offense. It just hasn't been. If I'm Craig Berube, and if this is me and my own stupid opinion here in the fast lane, I'd split those guys up. On the power play, I, I'm, I don't like the look of. It, it's just like I didn't like the Tarasenko look when he was out there and he would play the half wall on his strong side. He was never a one-timer threat. 
When the puck went to him, you knew exactly what was going to happen from there. And the same is happening now with Cairo and Thomas. When they end up on the half wall on their strong side, the puck comes to them. By the time they can load a shot or get ready to make a play, the defense has a chance to, to move and you know change and structure their defense to stop it. I would move one of those guys into the bumper position in the middle of the ice. Cairo, I'd put him right in the middle of the ice and just tell him to track the puck, and then you're looking for the one-timer from a left-handed shot. I'd move Braden Shen, or I know Jacob Verana hasn't really earned a lot this season, but he is a guy that will load up the one-timer nonstop, and then when they overcommit to the one-timer, that's when you have the nice little one-touch to the middle, and a guy like Kairou then has a one-timer from the slot. Is Verana Mike Hoffman? <laughs> Did you just say that? Mm. Okay, so... I'm talking about like no, from a position standpoint, I, I have like to in, show you something. and a player standpoint. I have to show you something. So this was yesterday at 11:35. A BK and Ferrario were on their show, and they were talking about Jacob Verana, and they're wondering what is he, what is he. So at 11:35, can you tell me what I wrote to BK and Ferrario? Uh, I'd like to see your. Oh yeah, no, no the uh, other. Oh, Ver- <laughs> oh my bad. Yeah, Verona equals Mike Hoffman. <laughs> yeah. Verona equals Mike Hoffman. Wow. So what do you do then? The way you're just Use describing. Them, yeah, the way that you just described that. That's what they did with Hoffman. Is like, okay, hey, this is kind of the player he is. Let's use him on the power play. And to me, I would. I don't know if I would have sat him. I, I get why they did well, it, but there's I mean, a lot more behind it, Danny. Like yeah. you know, like when a coach makes a decision, oh, like I that, get it. And it's yeah. not that he's a bad guy; he's not a bad teammate. None of those things. So don't like I don't want to be don't like, read into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh yeah. boy, there's something. No, but he message not, being sent in not many levels. Not moving enough. Yeah, uh, waiting for his teammates to do the work for him and then get him the puck so he can shoot the puck. Like not that he's telling them that his actions are telling other people that. Yeah. And so you need him, with the way he skates and the speed that he has and the skill that he has, like, you want him to be on his horse. You want him to be going. Because if he is, like, last year we saw a couple times that this guy can be a difference maker. So when you have a guy that can actually do that and you need offense and your team is desperately seeking more goals, like, you want that guy's butt to get in gear. So I think that's why he got sat the two games. And, you know, coming back against Colorado, that's a tough matchup, so we'll see, you know, where that leads. But I would put him on that power play and just tell him, like, every time the puck comes to you, shoot the puck. Yeah. Shoot it. And if the guy's in the way, pass it to the other guy. Mm-hmm. And he shoots it. Like, like, like really, like, yeah, simplify. dumb it down here. Uh, tonight, you got the pregame show right here on 101 ESPN starting at 6 o'clock right after us here in the Fast Lane Blues and Devils. The puck will drop right around uh, 7 o'clock, 7.05, something like that. And you can listen to all the coverage right here on 101 ESPN. So, Jamie, you had said during one of the breaks that, that somebody had projections for the starting pitchers in terms of free agency. Yeah. Let's get into that next because there's some names there and some numbers that, well, some of them fall into what, what we would call like the Cardinals range and then others where it's like, nope, and chance the Cardinals sign what? these guys. Yeah. You don't believe? Nope. Okay. We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Three o'clock. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Dan McLaughlin, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. Jamie's with us for the next hour. So, speaking of Jamie, you had found an article that had the projections for the free agent starting pitchers. They're about to hit the market. Yeah. Some of the numbers are high. Some of the numbers are reasonable-ish. 
but which ones make sense for the Cardinals? So this was John Heyman put a piece out with the New York Times. Oh, and, Johnny uh, Heyman. Yeah, he's breaking it down here. So do, do we want to play a game? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, always. Like pick a pitcher and I'll, and tell me what you'd pay. And tell yeah. Me I'm in. Dan, okay. you in? No, I'm in. Dan, okay. I'm always in. <clears throat> All right, who wants Talking to go baseball, first? Talking baseball, I'm in. All right, well, why don't we start off with Aaron Nola? Aaron Nola. All right. Um, They have him here listed as baseball's most reliable starter. Mm. Tied with Garrett Cole and Zach Wheeler. Um, So here we go. Uh, What do you guys think term-wise? How many years and how much? I would say six years for term. Okay. I'm with you on that. And between 30 and 35 mil. You think that high? Yeah. I'm thinking 25. You're thinking 25. So yep. do I meet in the middle, 30? Yeah, I could do that. Six years, 30 mil for Aaron Nola. Okay, wow. so they asked three experts you know, what they thought of it, and it came down to basically two options. It was $175 million, um, and that was over five years. So $35 million Ooh, okay. a year. For or, a five-year deal. For a five-year deal. Or we had $168 million. For six years, which was $28 million. I would rather go higher for less. And that's on most free agents, especially yeah. when you're 30-something years Even old. Even if you know the back end of the deal is going to be ugly. Yeah. You know, they're talking about after last season, the way that things went, they're talking about winning now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not used to losing. The DeWitts aren't used to losing. I mean, the first season that they were here, they struggled, and then they went out and got Gary Gaetti, Andy Bennis, Ron Gant. I mean, those at that time, those were big names, and they go in 96, and they're up 3-1 against the Braves and wind up losing in the NLCS. But they don't stick around and say, well, this is acceptable. I truly believe that. Now, there are things that you can debate in terms of how they spent their money, mm-hmm. and that's why this is such an important offseason. But they're going to spend money. And it's not only I, – I think people are looking at this the wrong way. And I know you're going to get more guys that we're going to talk about, but you got to spend money on that bullpen – that bullpen is as much as you got to spend on your rotation. I'm not talking about in terms of dollar signs, but I'm talking about in terms of bodies. Investment. You, yeah, you got to bring some people in to correct that yeah. bullpen yep. too. We Absolutely. talked about that yesterday. I, Anthony and I were talking about you know it's the five and dive in today's baseball league, uh, and so that means you still have four innings to cover yeah. almost every game, which well, means you got to have some guys who can close up the game for you. They Definitely. were 24th in ERA. They were 29th in strikeout rate. Talking about the bullpen. And wow. what's the game right now? Strikeouts, Strikeouts. especially yeah. latter innings. Yeah. You got to have power pitching, and you got to you got to shut the opposition down. So, to put a bow on Aaron Nola, do you think the Cardinals would have an appetite to go thirty-five million a year for five years? No, uh, they wouldn't have an appetite, but I bet they do. I would do it. Yeah, I think they would do it. Yeah, okay. I do. Yeah, might right. make them puke, but they're going to probably do Who it. What else are we looking at here? Like, uh, Blake Snell would Blake be the Snell, next one. Mm-hmm. He's literally in the same ballpark. Okay. One hundred eighty-five for five years. All so right. a little bit more for for Blake Snell. Okay. Jordan Montgomery, he helped his cause. Yes. Tell you that much. They're looking at a hundred and twenty million over five years now. So what would that be 20 oh, Anthony. six or so right around 26 27 24 i i was i was going to estimate about 25 for him i thought before his season he was in that 18 to 20 range yeah. and we're talking about jordan montgomery jordan, yeah. yeah and then after what he did uh, he'll he'll get he'll get close to 25 so guys oh for sure yeah what yeah. if i told you that i could get you a number two ish pitcher mm-hmm. for 22 million 
a year for three years. In. That's what they're projecting for Sonny Gray. In. $66 million yep. for three years. Three that, years is what he's going to get, I would imagine. Spot. But, you know, it's funny, though, is that when you give a guy three years, and he's going to have competitors, somebody is going to step up and say, we'll give you the extra year. Maybe yeah. for a little less, but they're going to give him the extra year. That's what the Cardinals did for Fowler. Exactly. Unfortunately. Hey. And that's how you have to get over the top with some of these guys. Yeah. So, based on that, you'd be looking at 55 $58 million-ish if the Cardinals wanted to sign both Aaron Nola and Sonny Gray. What do you guys think of Snell, though? What if Snell's a fallback or he might be their number well, one? Okay, so, uh, yeah, so take in. your pick. Yep. Pick your poison, whether it's Snell or Nola. You, that's not all you can go get. You need more if you're the Cardinals. Yeah. How about Josh Hader? Josh Hader. He's not on here because he's he, not a He's going to be a starter. Reliever. Yeah. I know, but I'm just I'm thinking about if I'm allocating dollars here, and I know you're just going starters, but that would probably dip into my starters allotment for money. I bet Hader gets $20 million a, a year. And, that, know, and you're man. talking I about a reliever. He's cause a little bit. The he last he wasn't years. as effective, and he's he's somewhat on the decline, but he's Boy, still. 20 mil for Hader? I could see that happening. I don't know. I don't know if I do that. Guys, what? I agree. I agree. Dan, I completely agree about the bullpen. I don't know if I'm giving 20 mil to a reliever, though. I think that's bad. I think that's chasing chasing bad money. But Gallegos had a down year. You can't rely on Helsley to pitch, what, three times out of the week? Yeah. You're going to need somebody in the back end of games to help you out. I'd almost be more inclined, guys, to go with the internal options in the bullpen like they've done before. You brought this up the other day. Wayno, Lance Lynn. That route, I'd be okay with that if that's the internal option. If, of course, you get me three starters this offseason. So if we go back to the starters, because a couple other things are interesting, and I want to get these in. Uh, one is the number two prospect or available person on this list is Yamamoto. Mm-hmm. So he's projected to make $210 million over five years. I take a hard oh, sorry, look two, at that. No, Two hundred ten million over seven years. Yeah, I I feel more comfortable about that potentially than I would about Nola. Do you though? I, like he's completely unproven. He is. That's a big friggin' price tag for a guy who's never stepped the, on the bump. What's the money? I missed it. Two ten over seven. He's a five time wow. All Star, three time ERA wow. champ, two time Triple Crown champion in the MPB. The mid nineties fastball, so you know what you're going to get. He's got swing and miss stuff. He's got more than that. He throws, I think, a splitter. He's got a curve. He's got a slider. He's got a fastball, and he's not even twenty-five years old, or just oh, turned twenty-five. Yeah. No, I'm in. Okay, I that's get why, guys. I, yeah. I understand all the upside, but I also look at it as the unknown too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's I, the question: I, yeah. Would you rather roll the dice on an unknown that's twenty-four, but his, but he did it all that in the other league, yeah. in another, in, in completely, you know, different league, or roll the dice on a known in Nola, who came, who did not have a great second half. And then was inconsistent in in the postseason. Nola doesn't get hurt either. I think he's been on the IL one time since 2018. Mm-hmm. That, that's something he's I'd been, look he's at. He's been very durable. Yeah, he's durable. Uh, the Cardinals, though, have had success with Sung Wan Oh. They had success with Kim. Yeah. I mean, they, they are going to vet this thing through and through. And if other teams and other projections are going this high and everybody's so high on them, it's not just the Cardinals right. that would be high on them. 
I, I think I'd feel comfortable doing it. Again, it's an unknown. Yeah. But yeah. man, what a bargain that could be if you get them for seven years. I say bargain. Seven years, two ten. <laughs> our money, Dan. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about it. It's all relative. I mean, that could be a hell of a bargain. So yeah. the last one I wanted to throw at you guys. There's a, there's a couple more we can revisit, but I wouldn't say the last one. One that just kind of evolved today is the Dodgers declined the option on Lance Lynn. So they told him to get to stepping. Now he did give up an 55 home runs, I think. An amazing amount of home runs last year. But I wonder if I wonder if he's your pitcher you try and get on the cheap. You I think you can get a couple guys like that. Bounce back one year deals. The guy I keep throwing out there that I would be interested in a one year deal is Luis Severino. He was the ace of the Yankees four seasons ago. Until injuries added up, I'm not. Look, if you're if you're bringing in a, a a guy on a one year deal, it's a it's a risk in that you don't know if he's going to get hurt again. He's going to be terrible, but it's a one year deal, mm-hmm. and I'd rather roll the dice on a Luis Severino than maybe a Lance Lynn. What about Giolito? Giolito, I'd be interested in too. Do you think he's he only gets on a, this list? What what do they got for him, Jamie? Because I don't think he gets. I think he gets a multi year fifty one. Million over three years or eighty over four years. How about Kenta Maeda? I'm in on Kenta Maeda. When he came back, he was hurt. He missed the first two, two, two and a half months of the season. But when he came at, came back, he was excellent. How Little, about Tyler Malley? Interested in him? Less so than I am in Kenta Maeda and Luis Severino. I mean, there's you? all names out there that you can get. I mean, what about like I, a James Paxton. How about Frankie Montas? That's so, another one. Bounce back year. Here's where needs it. Here's where my thought from a couple of days ago really kicks in. Let's say you go get an Aaron Nola or a Blake Snell, either or. Or a Yamamoto. Or or a Yamamoto. And then for five million, you pick up Trevor Bauer. Mm. And then and then you can add a Sonny Gray. Still. Do you Boy. guys think there's a team that's going to take can. a... I'm in. Let me ask you this, though. Seriously. Do you, do you think in. there's a team that takes a flyer on Trevor Bauer? Yes. I, I would. After I think, everything that's so. happened and all the stuff that's actually come out to where he himself like proved and put it out there all over social media, yeah. listen, what he does with his personal life, whether you agree with what he does consensually or not with girls or his friends, that's it's not illegal. It wasn't. He didn't get charged. Uh, didn't even have to pay the restitution. None of that. So you have a guy that was an ace. He was. No, he was a stud. Now he's looking to reclaim his career, his life, for that matter. So you you would have to anticipate that he's going to come in and give you his absolute best to shove it you-know-where on the entire baseball world. I would sit down and talk to him. I'd offer him a a $5 million deal with a whole ton of incentives to get him up to maybe $10, if he hits all these insane benchmarks throughout the season. But think about that. You get a Nola and a Bauer, and then you could go to Lance Lynn or a, a Sonny Gray or a Kyle Gibson on top of that with Mikeless, with Mats, with internal options. All of a sudden, you're looking at it and go, you know what? This this thing just turned around. Oh, it would turn around yeah. if you get Bauer. I'm, I'm just saying I, I don't know what the appetite would be for a team to engage with that or if there's – Future allegations that come out, you know, those well, are things. Well, you have to do your homework. Oh, you got to vet it, man. More but if you're the DeWitts, and so I said this to Anthony the other day, I said, if you're the DeWitts and you're the Cardinals baseball organization, that means everybody under the umbrella. We understand, I understand that this is an outlier for you as an organization. What you have represented over the years, this is an outlier. But you bring him into the fold, and if he falls in line, like, look, one, it helps your baseball team tremendously, 
But for, for Trevor Bauer, if I'm his agent, his family, his representatives, I'm saying, if you get the blessing of the Cardinals, like that is going to absolutely help your career because they are known to have a good reputation with players. And they, so if you keep your ish together and do what you're supposed to do, like this could really propel you again. I, I think, too, let's just say if you put that aside, you'd have to go to him and say, this is a team. This is not your YouTube page. Yeah. This is not your social media outlet. Right. You're here to pitch. Yeah. And that and that goes into what you're talking about, doing the full vet and 100%. the expectations of what you want as him coming to your organization. And maybe you sign a unique contract yeah. with Trevor Bauer. Maybe there's a baseball contract, and then maybe there's a personal contract that is attached. You do it for all these other things, right? So, mm-hmm. like, Albert has personal contract on the side for what he was going to do for the team after maybe your side contract with trevor bauer is hey from the months of whatever october till we start spring training youtube page get after it once once you arrive at pitchers and catchers arrive at spring training youtube page social media all that gone yeah so now you want to do your own thing in your own time we're here for it we'll support you but not when you're on our time i think it's gonna be fascinating the gm meetings are on tuesday so that's when the groundwork is laid with these yeah. trades and various things. I think the Cardinals are going to be uh, tremendously active on the trade front, too, as another way to get in pitching. So you may, you know, we talk about the money to go spend, and I think they will spend and spend maybe to an uncomfortable level for them. But I also think them bringing in existing contracts and how that you know, factors into what they're doing, I think that's something you have to consider as well. Yeah which bleeds into how much you want to spend off-season-wise, and does that take you then out of some of these top guys that we're talking about? I don't think it will, but it is something to think about. That's Sam McLaughlin, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN. Looking at this slate in college football, I think that this might be the most pivotal week to date when you're looking at how things could impact the college football rankings. And we'll certainly take a look, uh, another look at the Mizzou and Georgia game too. Next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. I think this is perhaps the best slate of college football games thus far this year. It's it's so impactful. This season. Yeah, okay. not never. I got excited there. I'd have to go back and look, really take a deep dive. You I'll... didn't go look? No, I'll, I'll do that I tonight, did. though. And? It's about third. Okay, fair enough. All time. Third this all is time. a hell of a schedule this weekend, though. I love third it. all time, Jamie. And I'll take a look at it later, too. Maybe yeah, I'll will. even call you. Please. So I can help my friends yeah, with what they absolutely. do. Yeah. Yeah. Georgia. Mizzou. Dan, we talked about this earlier. Dan, you give Mizzou no shot. Uh, I didn't say no shot. I mean, you kind of did. Uh, maybe a little bit. You said it with your eyes, Dan. You said I, it with well, your eyes. Georgia's been disrespected. They have the number two ranking in the college football playoff. They're going to come out and be ready for yeah, Mizzou. They might be hungry. You know, they practice being... an extra day. <laughs> I don't know. It's, you know. Two? Really? Watch this. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I think that this, this Mizzou team can hang. They they have sh- a couple of things here. One, they don't tell them to turn the ball over. Two, they throw vertically. Three, I do think their their special teams can keep keep them in it too if they play the field possession game. If Eli Drinkwitz goes out there, you just said everything that has to go right for them. To, I mean, a hundred percent. Well, of, yeah. Look, we're we are talking about fifteen and a half point dogs. That's true. So, that's you know, true. I mean, I, I I'm not <laughs> fifteen I think, and a half. I mean, that's a lot of things that got to go right. I think everybody knows what what Mizzou is up against t- tomorrow. What I don't want to see though 
is what I think a lot of people want is like Eli Drinkowitz to 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 go, you know, like balls to the wall aggressive. I don't think that's the play. I think that plays into George's hands, and then you're gonna be down thirty seven to nothing in the second whoa, quarter because whoa. you're going for it on fourth. You whoa, know it's something that's simple. Go score first if you're Mizzou. You say, hey, we're here, put a little pressure on Georgia, just and the confidence that it gives your team to say, yeah, they're number two in the country, but we're on their turf, and we just scored first. That, that to me, is a factor. I really believe that. Anthony, along those same lines, one aspect we haven't detailed quite as much, if Mizzou reverts to what it did early in the season, especially with the offensive line, the self-inflicted wounds, Mm -hmm. imagine that environment. You go between the hedges. If you have a flurry of penalties over, game over before Mm -hmm. it even really gets started. That's something. And the offensive line has been better. But again, as far as establishing the run, establishing the point of attack, you're not going to be able to do it in the same way versus Georgia. But can you avoid the penalties? That's the question. This is uh, this is a bit of a hot take, but I think within the first quarter, we're, we're going to know what sort of Mizzou team we got. If mm-hmm. they're throwing sideways, if they're throwing sideways, and they're they've got a bunch of offensive line infractions, they're done. They're going to be toast. They're not. The game won't be competitive. Well, you mentioned them going vertical. Remember how they started it, and and the end of last year. Now, part of that may have been the the point of Brady Cook and injury wise, yeah. and what happened earlier so. this season. But they do go vertical, and if they try to do that with Burden, mm-hmm. which I hope they do, and I want to see it. I want to see Luther Burden have a monster game. That That'd would be, be fun as a fan. That would be fun. There's only one way he has a monster game, is if he can get the football. Because if the quarterback is completely under duress the entire game and he can't get clean looks and, and get the ball out of his hands, then Luther Burden doesn't have a big game. Yeah, I, I agree. Line. Find ways to get him the ball. Yeah, no, Find fine. different ways. I, I mean, don't care can, how. Because that, that's the only way you're going to win. And yeah. dump it into the flat a whole bunch of times. I think but I just he's got to make plays, man. I don't know if that's the best way. I think they hang if it's low scoring. I do. Yeah, I think, I think I, they do too. I, if and I, what I mean by that is, if it's if it's that type of game, if it's a shootout, I think Mizzou eventually starts to run into some three and outs, and then they got that defense on the field too much, and then it's and then it's you're, you're knocked out. And up front, don't discount. This is the sort of game. This is the sort of performance that a Darius Robinson can put on tape for the next level talent evaluators. You want to be a potential first, second round pick. You have to figure out a way to penetrate and get into the backfield in this environment. Yeah, that's true. Step up. All right, so here's the other matchups that that could have uh, playoff implications for tomorrow. Let's start off in Tuscaloosa. Oh, baby. Number eight, Alabama. Hosting number 14, LSU. Gary Davis was talking about how he could see LSU winning LSU. this game. The line's only three. Hmm. Oh, I could see LSU winning this game. Their QB is a different guy. Daniels is incredible. He is awesome. Alabama has has been a different version of itself. Literally half to half. But they're getting better. They are, depending on what half it is. Yeah. Like ten, the first half against Tennessee... They had. They, I, I'm like this to the, t- t- Tennessee. There, there is no, Alabama has no business being in the top ten. If you watch that first half of against Tennessee, the second half you're like, oh, that, that's a national championship contender. <laughs> like that's how drastic it has been with Alabama this year. The winner, first by the half way, against Arkansas. Uh, not Arkansas. Uh, no, Arkansas? Arkansas at yeah, home first, in Tuscaloosa. First half they look great. Second half they they couldn't move the ball. Right. When you when you talk about Milrow, it's either 
it's either interception or sack or touchdown. And that's, that is it, man. So it's a different Alabama team than we, we have seen. But we've seen LSU, too. And we know they're all over the place. We know that the the athleticism that they have. But I don't think that defense can slow down. No. Bam, if they get going. I agree with that. And the winner of this is in the driver's seat for the SEC West. Mm-hmm. And it keeps you alive. Two one-loss teams going at it tomorrow. Keeps you alive for the college football playoff and then going into the SEC championship, too. No doubt. Yep. The other interesting game is number 5 Washington yeah. at number 20 USC. So two weeks ago, I would have said Washington's going to hang 50 on USC. No questions asked. Let's go Michael Penix Jr. The last two weeks, nobody's seen it because nobody has the Pac-12 network, but Washington should have lost to Arizona State and Stanford hung with them for no, no damn reason. Washington has looked like a different team since, or, since that went over Oregon. USC couldn't stop a nosebleed, but they also have Caleb Williams and like nothing to play for now. They got house money because the college football playoff is done for USC. So this is going to still have a chance at the Pac-12, though. Still have a chance at the Pac-12. And and you got to win this one. Celebrate that. Certainly, because it's the last Pac-12. How many many points do you get scored in that game? I think so, too. What is the line on this? At last check, it was 76 and a half. It's over under. Yeah, Yeah, over under. It's it's 77 and a half right now. And Washington's laying only a field goal, which feels like a trap. It does. That feels like a trap. That and Alabama feel like a trap. Like, odds makers are saying, come, come here. Come on in. Come here. Yep. Water's warm. Come you're on in. Love, love Wear your purple. You're exactly. Good. Come here, Washington fan. Uh, and then the, the last one that I think is kind of intriguing. Well, you got the Bedlam game, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. And I do think Oklahoma State gives them more than a game. Uh, but it's Notre Dame and Clemson. I cannot I'm wait sorry. to watch. That, that was fun. the one I want to watch. Okay, so Kansas State, Texas, though, is interesting too yep. because Kansas State, if they give, who knows, if they if they hang around and Texas loses, Texas is done now because Texas got the one loss. Uh, Notre Dame and Clemson from like a let's oh after see. the radio show with Dabo. Yeah, da- what do you got, Dabo? Yeah. Oh, I want him to go. I want him to get pulverized. They might. You weren't happy with the uh, the radio show? No, I thought it was unprofessional. Did you really? I really did. I thought, quit worrying about what some fan says on your radio show. First of all, you're on your own coach's show. You know you're subject to that to happen, to be criticized or questioned. Very true. So, you know, you know he's being paid for that radio show. I know he likes money. So just be a professional. Just say, okay, you know what? Why does you're he right. have to take it? I disagree. He's got two national titles. He's got 12... 10 win seasons yeah, he can, he in a row. He could have worded it differently, Dan. He, he goes and like... Ah, stick up for yourself. Yeah, I thought it was a bogus move. I disagree. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. I, I think you come in and you say, hey, you know what? You're spoiled. You're a spoiled fan. And You're the fan a spoiled can say the same thing. You're spoiled. You're getting because all he this makes money. 11.2 yeah, million a year. you make 11 million a year and you're 500. Why I the think, hell do we have you as no, the head No, he's coach? two and four, actually. I think they're four. And they're four. four and four. Or yeah. two and oh, two and four in the ACC. I there think. you go. Yeah, yeah, four and four again. They probably be two. Plus, blood I just donors. don't really yeah. like Dabo, so that might. You don't Dabo, like him. Dabo should have said. Dabo should have said, "You should thank me right now. I own you. I gave you two national titles." Doesn't own the transfer portal. No, he doesn't. He he don't even <laughs> want to be on the transfer portal. Yeah, he better learn how to do that or at least accept it if he's going to compete right now. Yeah. All he needs to do is go to the mic and say, my bad. You're <laughs> right. We're going to put in some work there in the transfer portal. But, yeah, they got a, a great slate of college football games tomorrow. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be it's gonna be fantastic. 
if anybody's going to pull off the upset, let's round. Let's 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 end it here. I got one more game. What about Ole Miss Texas A and M? That one should be fun. I like te- I like what Texas A and M has done offensively because that's that's Bobby Petrino now. Yep. he's the uh, the OC for Texas A and M. Ole Miss. You talk about the ultimate like roll of the dice. I don't know what I'm watching with oh, Ole Miss. Them? Yeah, they're they, wild, man. They are either the most entertaining yep. team in the nation, or you want to throw up. Like what am what am I watching here? So that one that one's going to be entertaining as well. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Let's get into uh, something that Craig Ruby said yesterday uh, about the Blues and some changes. Or will they make any changes? This next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Dan McLaughlin, I'm Anthony Stalter. Blues tonight, back in action against the Devils pregame starting at 6 o'clock right here on your home of the Blues, 101 ESPN. Alex Ferrario will be down at Enterprise Center. Same will, uh, so will Jamie Rivers, who's going to leave us in about 20 minutes or so. In about 10 minutes, Jamie's keys to the game, and we'll also play the first goal of the game. Oh, yeah. We have yet to score a first goal. Hey, by the way, Jamie, uh, congratulations, man. On what? You, won, you weren't here when... The day after when you won the home run derby. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's correct. We, we were picked... celebrating. It was a big moment in the Rivers yeah, family. Yeah, yeah. How'd you guys celebrate? Did you get around, nice family dinner, yeah, enjoy yeah. yourself? Yeah, and you know, sometimes what's, uh, what's personal stays that way. That's okay. fine. Yeah. Bot- bottle the wine and? Yeah. Okay. Nice steak. Yeah. yeah steak, lobster, wine, after dinner, you know, Congra- good stuff. Congratulations, Fireplace. That's good you stuff. Know. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Who? Anyways, yeah. uh, Craig Ruby was on with us yesterday, and we asked him if any uh, changes are forthcoming, right, Jamie? We did, and Chief, I mean, usually Chief gives us a nugget or two. Mm-hmm. Eh, not this time. Here's what he had to say yesterday. In a second. We almost got it. We almost did. You'll hear it. It's a Chief likes to keep us in suspense. Yeah. The buildup sometimes is just as fun as the actual uh, ride for the roller coaster. Really? Yeah, if you're in the line for a long time, it's the anticipation of you it think? all. I mean, it stinks, it sucks, but uh, you know, sometimes the anticipation's better. Chief, know? are you there? No, no, he went home. Okay. Well, either way, Chief yeah. told us that there would be no lineup changes. He thought that you know things were kind of fine the way they were and whatnot. And ah, you know what? He says it better than me. <laughs> Let's hear. Yeah, I don't know. If it's all about looks all the time. I mean, it can't be all about offense. It's got to be what your whole team game. Um, you know. I'm not probably going to make any changes for tomorrow's game. I mean, we we played one game. I liked a lot of things in the game, and there's some things I didn't like. But, uh, you know, I think it's a little early to jump the gun already. Ah, Chief, you old dog. Told us no lineup changes, but then he made a couple of lineup changes. Why would he do that to us, Jamie? I well, take that personally. You know what? I, not a whole lot that's surprising from this. He shuffled the deck a little bit. So up front um, – Jacob Verana will be playing with uh, Hayes and Torpchenko. So Torpchenko elevated in the lineup to the third line. Jake Neighbors lowered back down to the fourth line with Blay and Sunquist, And then the top two lines stay the same with Booch, Thomas, Kapanen, Saad, Shen, and Kairou. On defense, you, you had a little bit of a change. Last game you had Letty playing with Tucker. Letty gets elevated back to play with Pareko. Krug and Falk stay together. And then Scandella will have Robert Bortuzzo as his partner tonight. So some subtle changes. Jordan Bennington in between the pipes. So what do you think it does? What do you think these 
little tinkering of the lineup does. An initial thought when I looked at it was I think that he's trying to speed up the Hayes line a little bit. And Kevin Hayes, uh, the, the pace that he plays at isn't fast. You know, he's a good skater. He's a strong skater, but he's not blessed with a ton of speed. So how do you fabricate that? You put two guys that are really fast on the sides of them. Now, Torpchenko's, he, I mean, he's 6'6 and skates as fast as anybody. He's going to create out there. If Verona brings his A game and uses his speed the way he can, then he'll off, he'll offset that as well with his speed. You drop neighbors down with Sunquist and Blay. I like it because you can match those guys up now tonight against some of the top lines for the Devils. They're going to outwork, outmuscle, outhit those guys. You can rely upon them. You can put them out there for defensive zone faceoffs. It's a strong, very strong fourth line. And then again, you've got the captain Thomas Buchnevich line. You know, I, I would like to see a little more out of all of those guys, quite honestly. Uh, you need some scoring from your top two lines. Now, as far as the defense is concerned, Tucker had a bit of a rough one in, in Colorado. So it wasn't really a surprise for me to see that he wasn't going to be in the lineup. And it really wasn't a surprise for me to have Bortuzzo in there instead of Perunovic right now. Hey, do you find it kind of odd that on the back-to-backs they went with Hofer Bennington instead of Bennington Hofer? And we're, we got back-to-backs coming up yeah. starting tonight. Um, I don't find it odd because the way that talking to David Alexander, the goalie coach for the Blues, he just said, we, we believe the heavier workload is going to be in the second game. So Joel Hofer had, been, had come off a loss to the Coyotes. So you don't want to give him the heavier workload necessarily on a back-to-back. So you put him on the front end of that against a Calgary team that had been struggling. Not that it's an easy game, but on paper it was a little bit of an easier matchup. And you get your young guy okay. going. And so then Jordan Binnington, we saw what happened. Like, can, you imagine if, can you imagine if it was Joel Hofer? Yeah, that, that like, first that, period that, was unbelievable. Like, who knows, right? And maybe Hofer stands on his head the same way Binnington did. I doubt it. But maybe he does. But if he doesn't, now that's another five or six spot up against Hofer. So that's two games in a row yeah. where he's kind of been taken to task a little bit. You don't want that. So there is a lot of, of planning and, and thought that goes into how you schedule your goalies. I think this is a good matchup here. You know, the Devils are the better of the two teams. And you're just coming off a loss to the Avalanche. Come back with Jordan Bennington, your number one. You follow that up with Joel Hofer against the you know, a, a not as good Montreal Canadiens team, and you're not traveling at all. You're still at home here, so you think that the horses would be pretty rested up too. That's Jamie Rivers. You're going to hear his keys to tonight's game next, and we're also going to do the first goal of the game. Maybe one of us yes. will get on the board next to the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time for Jamie Rivers' keys to tonight's Blues game. Right on, Jamie, right on. With NHL experts Brad Thompson. Shutout tonight, boys. Oh, oh, oh. Shutout. Shoot. It's a shutout for Billy Huso. And Anthony Stalter. I think David Perron is going to lead the Blues in goals in this series. Perron, he scores! If you've got a hat, chuck it in your radio. It's a postseason hat trick for David Perron. Let's go, boys. Yeah, if you're wondering, uh, I think that was a playoff. Wasn't the playoffs last uh, two years ago now? Because obviously they didn't make the playoffs last year. Two years ago, I think Brad called a shutout for Ville Husso in the oh, first yeah. game. And I said David Perron was going to lead the Blues in scoring. And I think he had a hat trick, or, hat trick in the first game. You guys were on fire, man. 
Jamie is the expert, though, so that's why oh. we go to Jamie for the keys to the game tonight. Keys to a Blues win against the Devils. What do you got, Jamie? All right, so uh, I've got four keys tonight for the Blues. Uh, go puck management all the time. You know, we always talk about that. Well, how about we just manage the turnovers tonight? Manage the turnovers because that really hurt you last game against the Avalanche, specifically in the first period. One, it gave them a whole bunch of momentum to start the game. Uh, and then two, at the end of the game in the third period, it created a goal for the other team. In fact, there's two goals that were generated off of turnovers. So if you're the Blues, manage the turnovers tonight because the Devils do have a lot of talent. they got a lot of speed, and their transition game is top-notch. So it will hurt you. Whether it's a goal against or just momentum for the other team, the turnover will cost you. So manage those. You've got to try and slow down Jack Hughes somehow, some way. Best way to do that is make sure he has to play defense. So the way to keep a goal scorer off the sheet is make them play defense. So again, that flows back to puck management. Make sure you don't turn the puck over specifically when Jack uses on the ice. You know, make him play defense. Make him get back to his own end. Make him play down low. Tire him out a little bit that way because he is leading the league in scoring right now. He's got 20 points already this season. He's awesome. He's really good. Oh. And if, if you don't make life difficult for him out there and you just let him play a little pond hockey, He's going to get on the scoreboard. He's going to hurt your team. Third thing I've got, and this one's obvious, get the power play going. Mm-hmm. Get the power play going. You, know, you, you have to start scoring some goals um, uh, as far as with the man advantage is concerned. And on the flip side of that, tonight, stay out of the box, man. Stay out of the box. Why? Because New Jersey has the best power play in the league. Oof. They're humming at like over 40% on their power play right now. So you don't want to give them any extra uh, opportunities. And the last thing I've got is keep your defensive structure. Last game against the Avalanche, you kind of got out of the, the structure a little bit, uh, specifically on the one goal where uh, Lekkinen was left all by himself in front because two guys that went to the same guy again. Get back to your defensive structure and make sure you stay disciplined with that. Those are my keys to the game. Love it. Let's go, boys. We need you to score more goals. Get those loose pucks. Thomas, DeCairo, score! Goal! No big deal. Game winner. <laughs> Top shelf. Top shelf. There you go, Chief. That's Chief telling us about a goal he scored on, was it Dominic, Dominic Hasek? Yeah. No big deal. No yeah. Big deal. All right, uh, first goal scorer of the game. This is for the Blues. In order to win, you got to call the first goal. Now, we have yet to do so. Thus far in the season, we haven't, we haven't played a lot of goals. No, okay. Well, I was going to go with we haven't played every single game, but well, that's true too. Yeah. I haven't you know scored what? a lot of goals. It's both, okay, guys. It's both. <laughs> Dan, who do you got? Braden Chen, the captain, Braden gets on the board Shen. first time in 2023, the 24 season. Braden okay. Chen, the captain. Braden Chen, Bradford. Of all the players who have been maligned early in the campaign, guys, I don't think you have to look any further than. Tori Krug. This oh is the boy. evening wow. on which Krug gets untracked and specifically on the power, power play. play. You mm. want to have a good homestand. You want to set the tone from the opening puck drop. First period tally for Mr. Krug. Wow. wow. Holy. It's a big call right there. Oh. The top rope. Jamie. Swing for the fences. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to go top with, rope. Uh, Brandon Sod. I think that that line is going to have a good good to favorable matchup tonight they're a very straight lined group of guys Kairu's got speed Shen's got the tenacity Saad loves to go to the front of the net Craig Berube talked all day about going to the front of the net so Brandon Saad is my guy I'm gonna go Pavel Buchnevich the Booch 
Oh, we start uh, stop passing and start scoring, Pavel. Yeah. Start tonight. Be nice. It's Blues host the Devils. Pre-game, 6 o'clock. So, there's one thing I wanted to address, because we we get some texters who are passionate about their Blues hockey, and, and I love them for that. And a big question right now surrounding the Blues is why they're not using Scott Perunovich more. The power play's not good. Why don't you use Scott Perunovich? Why don't you throw him out there? Yeah. Craig Berube had some some quotes today, and look, playing in the NHL is hard. I can tell you that from past experience. Playing in the NHL as a young, skilled defenseman is really hard as well, especially when you're on a team that is trying to win hockey games. It's not development. So Berube um, was asked on what needs to happen for Perunovich to get into games, and here's what he said. He goes, that's a good question. He goes, I think right now the way our decor is lined up, I haven't minded our decor. I think they've defended pretty well and are doing the job. He goes, I know the power play isn't clicking like we wanted to, but at the same time, Scotty's just got to be patient. He's missed a lot of hockey over the last two years, and coming into camp this year, he had to beat somebody out of a spot, and that hasn't happened. And lastly, about you know the, the power play and whatnot, he, he was asked about that, and he said that he's had his opportunities on the power play for a couple of games, and the power play wasn't any better. So Craig Bruby shedding some some truth on some areas here. Now, one could argue, has he had enough time on the power play? Do you just give the guy just two spots, you know, two games, and then that's it? I don't know. From what I watched, I think Scott Perunovich uh, has got work to do. And, Anthony, here's a quote from Craig Berube, and you tell me if you recognize it at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, He says, he's got to work in practice and treat practices like they're games for himself and stay ready. He goes, I haven't minded him. He's practicing hard, and he's trying to do the right things. Again, he has to be patient. That's exactly what you've said. I've said he's got to treat practices mm-hmm. like they're games. Yep. And he's got to start making it so that his teammates can't stand him in practice. Mm-hmm. That, sometimes, though, what about just a shake-up? And I understand what you're saying, but sometimes you got to shake things up. You do. Um, Even when it's uncomfortable as a coaching staff. Yeah, I don't think he's worried about that. Yeah. I, I, this season, I don't think Chief cares about guys' feelings too much right now. Um, I think that he cared about feelings at the start of last season, and I think he believes that he should have acted differently with certain players at the start of last yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. I do feel a certain responsibility, too, for the coaching staff to get your actual guys going, too. And if you start just swapping guys in and out and moving pieces all over the place, it does come across as a little bit of panic at the same time. Even within the group, you're like, okay, well, well, this isn't working. Well, we'll try this. this. Well, that didn't work either. And, well, I'm supposed to be the guy, and now I'm not getting my chance. And I, now that guy, he starts to grip the stick even more. Like a guy like Tory Krug, if you pull him off the power play and you put Scott Perunovich, well, Tory Krug doesn't have a point yet this year. Do you think that's going to help him? I don't no, think it motivates probably him. probably not. I don't think it motivates him. And Scott Perunovich, I watched him in the two games he played. It's small sample size. He's not playing assertive enough. And that's ju- that's not just defensively. Defensively, I could go on for hours about what things he has to do. Not hours. I could go on for a while about things that he has to do and be more consistent with. Offensively is where he's supposed to be able to dominate the game. That's his wheelhouse. It's not right now. And I get it. I get it. It's because he's not getting the reps. He's not getting the time on the ice. He's not. You know, he doesn't feel like he's super confident right now. But you have to get to that spot. If you're going to be an offensive defenseman that the coach trusts you out there, specifically in offensive situations, then you got to make good tape-to-tape passes, good selections on who you're going to pass the puck to, be assertive with what you're doing out there, and make plays and create. And he hasn't done that, even in a small sample size. Jamie, good stuff, man. Thanks, buddy.
We'll see you tonight on Bally Sports Midwest. Yeah, man. As the Blues host the Devils, and Jamie will see you on Monday. We do need a gauntlet contestant, so if you want to text in right now to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, the word gauntlet, you can uh, take on Dan. You want in today? No, I'm good. All right, Brad, you can take on Bradford <laughs> or me. Next in the gauntlet on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. All right, time for the gauntlet here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN 403. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Dan McLaughlin and Bradford Bruns. I'm Anthony Stalter. Bradford pinch hitting today for Andrew Marsh. And Jamie just left to go do some uh, TV work for the Blues. So yes, sir. The three of us got you covered. Mike is our next gauntlet contestant. What's up, Mike? How's it going, boys? It's going good. So, Mike, well, depends, Mike. Um, we said going into the break, yeah, you know, either Bradford or me. Here's the thing, though. Bradford did a lot of the questions for the gauntlet, so Guilty probably be a disadvantage. <laughs> yeah, probably be a big disadvantage. So, Mike, you're going to take on me today. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay. All right, Mike, good luck to you. Thank you. You too. Thank you. All right, so he has taken off the headset. He is now going into the code of silence. And, uh, my man, let's get it going, Bradford. Spin that wheel. Mike, let's do this thing. Are you hoping for any category in particular today, Mike? Anything but football or random. Okay. Is that a dog in the background? Yeah, it, he's fine. Okay, all right. <laughs> we'll allow that extra bit of assistance from your canine friend. Well, we do have to break the news to you, though. 50-50 shot, if you will. The wheel comes up, as it has been doing so frequently lately, on the random, Mike. It's going to be random today. All right, let's do it. (laughs) Let's have some fun. Mike, question number one. In 1492, taking it back ever so slightly, Italian explorer Christopher Columbus embarked on a voyage across which of the major oceans? Uh, I'll go with Atlantic. Final answer? Yes, sir. Question two. What basketball star went by the nickname The Round Mound of Rebound? Charles Barkley, I believe. Final Final answer. answer. Okay. No hesitation thus far. We like that. Moving on to question number three. Get your geography ready. Name the state capital of Wyoming. Cheyenne? Could you repeat that, please? Cheyenne. Okay. Final answer, I assume? (laughs) Yeah. Very very well. Okay. And in uh, whose honor did Elton John record the 1973 song Candle in the Wind? In whose honor did Elton John record the 1973 song Candle in the Wind? Uh, I believe that's Marilyn Monroe. Final answer. Man, oh, man. My goodness, Mike. Oh, yeah, I was ready, boys. You you, you came ready, and uh, let's see what Anthony's got. We're going to bring in Anthony back in. Mike, what do you do for a living, my man? I work at Emo's. Oh, you know, we're, we're kind of hungry. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You got uh, money? I'm not sure what Emo's you work at, but we're happy to uh, 
Well, since we've already given you a little plug, you know, if you want to bring in a pizza, don't worry about it. We yeah, I'm tell. the one that works at the. I work at the one that accepts cash. <laughs> <laughs> I only caught part of that, but that was yeah. funny, Mike. Mike works at Emos, and he's done quite well here, Anthony. Oh no! Just saying it. You okay. know what that means. Today, more than on any other occasion this week, you better have that lunch packed. Oh boy! All yeah. right. Okay. Okay. Without any further ado, question number one, Anthony. What's the category? Random. Random. Okay. Mm-hmm. As per usual, right? Yep. We're really taking it back here. In 1492, oh boy, the Italian explorer Christopher <laughs> Columbus, he embarked on a historic voyage across which of the major oceans? Atlantic. Atlantic Ocean. Final answer. Question two. What basketball star went by the nickname the Round Mound of Rebound? Charles Barkley. Final answer. Question number three. Geography style. Oh Name boy. the state capital of Wyoming. Cheyenne. Final answer. Question four. In whose honor did Elton John record the 1973 song Candle in the Wind? Candle in the Wind? Wasn't it Dust in the Wind? Dust no, that's another group. My boy, Anthony. Uh, I don't know. Can I have the options, please? Sure. Jackie Kennedy, Marilyn Monroe, Audrey Hepburn. Jackie Kennedy, Audrey Hepburn, or who? Marilyn Monroe. Gotta be Jackie Kennedy, right? That Out of those three, I'll take Jackie Kennedy. Final answer. Okay. Dan, I did not expect a barn burner like this no, today. No, it's a barn burner, really no doubt. Really didn't. High scoring I affair. was nervous, and am nervous. Ooh. Tight, tight, Look tight contest. Anthony. Anthony's very nervous. <laughs> I we feel okay, see. though. Yeah. I feel pretty good. Yeah, heart rate's good. Heart yeah. rate's good. All yep. right, let's 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 review these. Dan, I'll start from the top, and then we'll alternate back and forth. All In right. 1492, Mike, Anthony, Christopher Columbus, you both stated Atlantic did not require the options. You gentlemen are correct. Nice job there, it Mike. It was the Atlantic Ocean. Forget about the Pacific and the Indian. Okay, what basketball star went by the nickname the Round Mound of Rebound? Mike, no options. Anthony, no options. Mike and Anthony both guessed Charles Barkley. Wow. That is correct. Nice job, Mike. Through two questions. Okay, so two points apiece, correct? Just clarifying the, uh -huh. the rules here. So it's a 4-4 four, four. deadlock right now. Question number three. State capital of Wyoming. We're back in fourth, fifth grade, whatever grade that is. Both of you, without any hesitation, second grade, said, uh, oh, for some, uh, it depends on the district, old. I guess, yeah, Dan. I guess you know? so. <laughs> Cheyenne. Indeed. It is Cheyenne. So how My about Cheyenne that Cheyenne? Wow. Yeah, boom, just like that. Holy six smokes. to six, taking us to question number four. In whose honor did Elton John record the 1973 song Candle in the Wind? Mike went with no options. Anthony, you went with options. Anthony went with Jackie Kennedy. Mike went with, with no options, Marilyn Monroe. The answer is... Marilyn Monroe. Oh, wow, Mike. Marilyn Monroe. Which means, Mike. You have chosen wisely. Holy smokes. No options and got him right. Used it, Mike. You swept the board? Yeah, he swept the board. <laughs> Damn, man. Nice and job. I, I did not want random, and I swept the board. So, he didn't. Uh, good day, eh? I would say so. Congrats, man. That's impressive. Well done.
I'm also going to Metallica concert that I won off you guys too. So thanks a lot. Everything's coming up, Mike. Yeah, we yeah. can't we can't get a little pie here, a little pizza pie. <laughs> Come on, man. Nice job, Mike. Congrats. We'll enjoy the concert, and we'll uh, we'll call you on Monday. You'll take on either Jamie or Marsh. All right, sounds good, boys. Congratulations, nice Mike. Have fun nice at the work. concert. Yeah, have have, uh, have a great right. weekend. Anthony, I like to think that you knew the more contemporary version of that song, the one dedicated to Princess Die remix, if you will, '90s version after her passing. Candle I would. In the wind. I definitely. Ah. Would, if Princess Die was on, mm. was was an option, I would have went Princess Die on that. Decades yeah. later, I just yeah. went like like you know Jackie Kennedy, the classic. Act. I get it. Mike, I knew it. No offense. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I did. Is, I, it, is a, that common knowledge? And and I don't know. Obviously, it wasn't common to me. I'm but. a huge Elton John fan. Okay, so I knew it just from following him. I've seen documentaries on him. I actually saw one on Candle in the Wind mm-hmm. and a specific uh, like uh, they they went through a bunch of his songs and who they were dedicated to or you know why he wrote certain things. Yeah. So I did know that. Okay. But that was it. I mean, that's, you know, if you're not following Elton John, why would you know? No. Did you catch the last live performance from Dodger Stadium? I did. That came out just a few months ago? I did. I watched that. I actually have seen him in concert probably four or five different times. Have you? Yeah. No kidding. Out in Vegas, I sat in the front row by myself and watched it. Yeah. Wow. I was on a Cardinals road trip, and we had a day off, so I flew from Arizona to Vegas and watched him and then flew back and did the game. Would you say he's like your number one musician? Yeah, he was yeah. pretty good. Okay, uh, he's pretty. He's he's yeah. about as good as it gets, especially in person. I mean, and he's like a hundred years old and still doing it. Yeah, you know. We saw. Uh, I think I think Chris and I watched the movie. It was Rocket Man. Yeah, Rocket, Rocket Man, Man yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, it was good. It yeah, was, it was. Uh, it was really good. Yeah. So, what's your favorite jam? Uh, Candle in the Wind is up there, but uh, why can't I think of Candle in the? All I'm hearing is Dust in the Wind though. No, it's like, seems to me you lived your life like a candle in the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got it. Yep. Yeah. Okay, got We're it. harmonizing now. I yeah. like uh, Bradford. Very nice. What's that, Saturday? Saturday. Saturday night is all right. Saturday, yeah. That's a good jam. For fighting and all yeah. that stuff, yeah. It's good pretty stuff. good. All right. Leave on. Leave on like your money. <laughs> See, I got a lot of them. <laughs> Where's Billy Joel? I thought Elton John was in here. I thought he was in the the studio, Bradford. I thought Elton John was sitting with us here. Thank you. Good stuff. All right, that's Dan McLaughlin. That's Bradford Bruns. We'll let you get some uh, sports six-pack questions in now. 314-399-9646. We're going to do that toward the end of the hour here. Dan, do you want to get into this Dabo? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay. Let's do it. We didn't get to us this the other day, and Dan, after the show, he looked to me dead in the eyes, and he goes, hey, I want Dabo on Friday. Absolutely. Let's do Dabo. And there's some news on Michigan, too. Michigan and Ohio State. How about that? Apparently the rivalry, college football coming up. Apparently the rivalry, once again, spills uh, outside the lines. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that's next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So Bradford uh, read off some of the the text in the break. People giving me hard time about the Elton John question. All I know is I got I got a Wyoming question right without yeah. the options and a christopher columbus question right with i'm cool man yeah Mike, you did congratulations he swept the board so he was on one today <laughs> all right you get the, 
if if I'm Mizzou, you're not happy with the win or the loss. I mean, but you're happy with the effort today. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think your effort was outstanding. I'll be honest about it. Because yeah, I, Mike was Georgia. Well, you know, I I think that uh, the line on you and Mike, I would have given you, uh, I would have given Mike a few points. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the... I know your vast knowledge, and I'm shocked. <laughs> Quite frankly. I don't blame you. I'm shocked. I don't blame you, Dan, that one bit. So Dabo Sweeney, we, we know that this audio has been out for a couple of days now, but Dan Dan and I never got into it the other day. Jamie and I discussed it a little bit yesterday, but uh, Dan had some had some strong takes on it. So Dabo Sweeney, as, as a lot of people know, he's got this radio show, and we won't play the audio. We'll save it from that. But um, the, a caller called in and said, hey, how do you justify what you're making salary-wise when you're 4-4 four and four on the year? And Dabo went off on him. And I thought Dabble brought up a lot of good points. From my perspective, Dan, I wish he would have narrowed in on some of the things that are, like, unshakable. Yeah. Such as, hey, I understand you're, you're upset. We've won two national titles in seven years. The only other two teams that have ever done that, or that, have, that they can say that they've done that, is Georgia and Alabama. We graduated a 95% clip. I'm very proud of that, and you should be proud of your Clemson Tigers as well. This season's not good enough, and leave it at that. Dabo, I think, went on and on and on and on. And that's where I think you start to look like a fool. But from your perspective, Dan, did you have any issue with what Dabo said? I, I really didn't. I think fans get spoiled. and uh, But here's the flip side of that. When you go after fans, you lose. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing that you got to remember. When players get upset at fans, you lose. Management, you lose. Manager, coach, you lose. So I, I think he was kind of in a no-win situation. In his defense, though, to your point, 12 consecutive 10-win seasons, two national titles, but uh, two and four in the ACC this year, and squarely the spotlight is on him this weekend against Notre Dame. I mean, there's a ton of pressure, in my opinion, on him this weekend against Notre Dame. On the other side, too, I think the other part of it, too, is that he has brought so much attention and so much money to the school that shouldn't be overlooked either. Like, like to me, Nick Saban is underpaid. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nick Saban is building and building and building for that school. I mean, literally, there are cranes in the ground nonstop. I would assume, I don't know for a fact, I would assume the same thing is happening with enrollment at Clemson, the visibility of the school. So take sports out of it and what he means by putting Clemson front and center football-wise yeah. and what he means to the school. So for a fan to go off on him, I thought the fan was wrong. Did Dabo take it too far? Probably, but the premise of what he was saying, I agree with. You bring up a really good point about how much money you're generating for either your business or, in this case, your program, your university. That is one thing that fans, uh, and and I don't blame them for not having this perspective, but when you do talk about major collegiate sports, football, basketball, how much that – head coach is bringing in to your university that is something i think you you should probably have perspective on before you talk about somebody's salary i've always said this whatever somebody is willing to pay you dan is how much you're worth that's the that's a fact you may think you should deserve you know you deserve more okay we'll ask for more and if you don't get it from them go to the next person if they're not willing to pay you that i'm sorry that's not what you're worth whatever number it is i'm not saying you're not worth you know, worth it from a human being standpoint. If we're but we're talking about salary, which this this caller did, you have to factor in how much he's making for for the university. That's the point I'm trying to make. In addition to, 
does he not get a grace period at all to have downtime? That was his point, too. Now, a fan, if, if a fan called in and said, hey, Dabo, I think you need to get more involved in the transfer portal. We're seeing across the board universities and teams are doing this. It is the way that college football goes in 2023, and you haven't you've decided not to dive into that pool. That's I fair. think that's a problem. Yes. And let him then explain why he's doing what he does. But to just sit there and outright go off on him, I don't think Dabo has to just sit there and take it. But did he take it too far with a fan? Probably. But does he need to just take it, period? No, I don't think he should. Yeah. I know. He has every right to say something. By the way, did you see what happened with Michigan and Ohio State? So you guys were talking about this, uh, you and Jamie, when yeah. when uh, when I came in. If you if you miss like the latest, it's pretty good. Uh, apparently, Dan, go ahead because I think you're you're more up on the story as right now because this has been an un- like a like an unfolding story. So several sources at Michigan and in the media tell Wolverine.com that they are gathering evidence on two private investigators they believe that are behind the investigation into Michigan's alleged Ill, uh, illegal on-site scouting. Same sources also believe the two are responsible for the media leaks that have kept the story in the news for weeks. Both allegedly have ties to Ohio State head coach Ryan Day's family. How about that? Pretty good. It just keeps going, doesn't it? Uh-huh. It, I, I don't understand why the commissioner of the Big Ten hasn't come in and done more. I think just to sit back on your heels in this and, and just kind of let it play out, while it might be in the best interest of the conference, I don't think it's fair to the other teams. Mm-hmm. You agree with that? Yeah, especially when you have these other teams saying something needs something needs to be done. Well, I mean, think about what he did last year with the Michigan State situation, where there was a remember they had the, like the brawl inside the yes. tunnel. Yeah, they were all over it yep. and suspending Michigan State players. Now this is something that is even way bigger. Mm-hmm. Way, I mean, a player could get hurt if you know where the play is going. He get blindsided and get hurt in something like yeah. this. I think Purdue Purdue's AD said that too, right? Like that was the thing oh, that, yeah. he had, that he had come out and said too. And Purdue's head coach, I think they've got Purdue this weekend, came out and said, "We have changed the entire language of what we do offensively because we have to." Yeah. And we're changing up formations. We're changing up everything we do to prepare for Michigan. Wow. But I don't I don't understand why the commissioner is sitting back on this. Mm-hmm. I also don't understand if these allegations are true how the college football playoff committee can't look at that and say, this is kind of an asterisk and we need to take a look at it. And I'm not sure we can vote you in. The problem is there's no, there's, there's no rule against sign stealing in the NCAA, but how far can you take it to where it's legal? That's exactly where I was going to go. Moral, I guess is the right way to put it. How far does this go? So there's no rules against somebody like, on the sidelines looking over and trying to decode the signals of another team, right? That falls into, like baseball, yeah. do a better job of protecting your right. signs. But what you're talking about... And it happens I mean, all the time. And if you're going to great lengths, how far does this thing go where Michigan has every single sign? Do they have, you know, do we do we start to get into, like, what Bill Belichick and the Patriots were doing? How far does it go? Because that, that goes into the competition factor. And... Dan, this is the number one reason why we love sports. We may not we not, we may not view it this way, but the number one reason we love sports is because it's unpredictable. It's live entertainment. It's the best, you know, it's the best reality TV show that you're ever going to watch because it's not fake. The moment it starts to feel fake is when sports is in it, whatever sport it is, that's when it's in trouble. If it's a fix or if it's not like this. So to your bigger point about somebody stepping in, step in for 
let's make sure that what people are watching is still the best reality TV show, and it's not some fake product because Michigan has all the science. I can't wait for tomorrow. Notre Dame Clemson. and Clemson, that's number one. Mm-hmm. I also am looking forward to Michigan and just what comes out of it. What's it? What? How is it presented on television in the game? And the other thing, I can't wait for a, uh, probably a month from now when we hear that there's 30 other schools doing the same thing. That's the other factor. It opens up a can of worms of what's about to happen. If one team's doing it, there's there's another team that's doing it. Too. 100%. And when the Belichick thing f- like came out, there was a there was a lot of people that were saying, hey. We were doing it, too. Uh, yeah. Check out college football. So you get one to air their dirty laundry. Mm-hmm. An opposing team or teams, in this case, they air the dirty laundry of another Oh really? Let me tell you what I got on you. Right. That's coming. And then this. Well, it's kind of like the Astros. Yeah. That that deal where it's like, oh, really, Yankees? You're yeah. You're you're clean over there. Yeah. Well, let's find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. It's fascinating on one on one ESPN. So we do have uh, our sports six pack coming up next. Text in three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six again three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. We'll do our sports six pack next in the fast lane. I have a question. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. All right, time for the Sports Six Pack here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Bradford Bruns in for Andrew Marsh, Dan McLaughlin, helping fill out the remainder of the show after Jamie left to go do some Valley Sports Midwest. Uh, Dan? Question one, please. Question number one. Gentlemen, a heavy hitter right out of the gates. Mm. This one's for all of the lifelong St. Louis sports fans. Rank, this comes from the 314, rank the following championship seasons in order of greatness. You have the Rams Super Bowl run, ultimately vanquishing the Titans 99-2000, the Blues Stanley Cup victory over the Bruins, and the Cardinals knocking off the Rangers in 2011. That's Mm. a dandy. I'm going to go Blues, Rams, Cardinals. I'm going to, and my reasoning is the Blues ended heartache. The Rams aren't here, so it lessens for me. And the Cardinals had won championships before, and that's why I'd put the Blues ahead of uh, the Cardinals, even though it was just the most remarkable World Series game six you're ever going to see in your life, which, by the way, the first six to seven innings were awful. It was a bad baseball game, but the ending was unbelievable. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Dan, I, I think you nailed it. I mean, holy mackerel! That you, you're right. The, the the Blues, the Blues 2019 Stanley Cup. I, I don't know how. That's your first. So, the Cardinals remarkable in 11. The Rams. I'll tell you what. All of them were. None of them were expected. You're talking about a Cardinals team that in in 11 needed every bit of the regular season just to squeak in, plus help. From the Braves. Yeah. Right. Or the Braves lose on the, the final Braves, day? Braves lost in the final day. Cardinals were in Houston, won that game, and then went into the clubhouse to watch the Braves lose. There you go. So the Cardinals needed every bit of 162 just to get in. You had the Carpenter and Ray Halliday, RIP. Prior uh, to that game, too, they beat the Phillies, and the Phillies were vastly better yes. in a lot of categories. Ryan How Ryan Howard's never the same, unfortunately. Local yep. product Ryan Howard. Because he that was that was when he tore his Achilles. It was on the, fi- the final play, right? Unfortunately, it going was kind first. of a microcosm yeah. of where these two franchises were going. Ryan Howard right. goes down, it ends their run, yep. tore his Achilles, and then the Cardinals and Carpenter outdo outdo Halliday. 
and it was Skip Schumacher had the hit in the game that uh, brought in the the uh, the run for the Cardinals. That's right, and yeah. then they beat the Brewers, right? Beat the Brewers, and that was a team that, and I can't remember. I can see him on Sports Illustrated, the guy that frustrated everybody with the Brewers. Um, Brewers or Braves? Uh, Brewers. Yeah, it was the Brewers. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tony Plush. Yeah, exactly. Niger Morgan. Yeah, Niger Morgan. Niger Morgan. Yep. Yeah. And so that was, you know, that was a, a hell of a series, too. Yeah, it was. It was good. I mean, and David Freeze was awesome in that series as well. But again, you got so so the Cardinals did that in 11. The Blues were in dead last, and we were all trading everybody at the deadline in 19. And the Rams lost Kurt, lost uh, Trent um, Green, Green, of course. Yep. Like, none of this from a perspective of like expectations none of those should have happened and they all did which makes it remarkable and you have to consider the points for so many different people anthony football fans in their formative years getting that experience mm-hmm. with the st louis rams going down to the dome like nothing so many football fans younger ones had ever seen yeah. so i think i'm a novelty perfect example would, yeah be a perfect not the perfect word there but different experiences so I used galvanizing to go to the old football cardinal games I mean, yeah. I used to sit there, and it was freezing cold at Bush Stadium, and I'd go down there and watch those games, and they were terrible. And then you saw the Rams initially, terrible. Yeah. And then they win and come out of nowhere. It was unbelievable. And that offense, of course, will will not be yes. duplicated. No. You know? I mean, that's we, there are versions of it. But what do you think of the Dolphins when they say, oh, it's the greatest show on turf compared to what uh, we saw with the Rams? No. Not even close. No. They don't have Marshall Falk. And you can't be physical with receivers any longer. Right. Isaac yeah. Bruce, Torrey Holt, Ricky Prohl had to get through the contact, getting jammed at the yeah, line. Man. Totally different. I mean, the Patriots won, won unfortunately, won that Super yeah. Bowl in large part because the refs, Bel- Belichick knew the refs would swallow the whistle. So they just mugged the receivers, yep. among other things. But that no, that offense, it will not be duplicated. Question two, please. Question number two. From the 636, keeping it somewhat baseball-centric here. Guys, we know that Nolan Arenado, he's a finalist for this year's Silver Slugger Award at third base. But which of the Cardinals' young up-and-comers maybe is poised to make a real push for said honor in 2024? I think it depends on where you play Nolan Gorman or if he's just the DH. And you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, Mm -hmm. third baseman, a silver slugger, goes to Nolan Arenado. Jordan Walker's right field. Where's Nolan Gorman? He plays a little second base. He plays maybe a little third here and there. He's your DH. Right. Is he? And the other question is, does he get enough at-bats against left-handed pitching? Which probably the not. answer at this point is probably no. No. I think the Cardinals like their – I don't know if it's Ollie necessarily or the Cardinals just uh, as an organization. I think they, they pride themselves in versatility. I think it cost them last year. Oh, by putting guys out of position. Totally. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't like that style because of who the because of the personnel. If you're the Giants, go for it. You have a team full of half players. You have a team full of platoon players. No problem. You go do yeah. that. The Cardinals don't have a, a team of platoon players. I want to see more plug and play next year. Me too. Same. Now, would you? In doing that, would you put Tommy Edmond at uh, center. center? Yes. And then where are you going to put Newbar? Right. Where are you going to put Jordan Walker? Left. Okay. Where's Tyler O'Neill? In Oakland. Dylan Carlson? Fourth outfielder. That would mean that Tyler O'Neill is out of the league because um, Oakland won't have a team. Las Vegas? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he'd be in Las Vegas. Yeah. 
I, I would like to see Jordan Walker be be the full-time DH, uh, but how are you going to get him up to speed defensively? Yeah, and I think Brendan Donovan's got to play more. I, I, I'd i love to see him as an everyday player, meaning I, I don't want to see him Ben Zobris-typed mm-hmm. where he's going to the outfield. When I'm saying playing more, I want to see him every day at second base. That's if Tommy Edmond is in center field every day. And Tommy handled that position wonderfully. Yeah. So what do you I, do with Gorman then? Because I would think Gorman should be your everyday second baseman. For I'd the most put part. Gorman as my DH, and I'm, I'm going to give him a run at hitting against left-handed pitching. Do yeah. you truly have a better outfield arm than Walker right now? We know about some of the tracking. We understand we witnessed it throughout 2000. 23 in the summer but going into next season you can't really be married to that idea when the upside is potentially there you do have a lot of versatility i think arm strength bradford no but accuracy and arm strength i think newt's got a better arm probably right and probably some of that comes to familiarity of playing in the outfield i would imagine though the stronger arm i bet it's walker I, I agree with that. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. Just making sure you hit cuts or on a line to third or when yeah. you have a one hopper to the plate. That's I'm taking Newt. Yeah. And the strides that were made from day one through the end of September into October with Willie McGee, we heard it repeatedly mm-hmm. from the Cardinals brass. A lot of improvement was made. We'll see. Yeah. Question, Question number three, three. please. Mm-hmm. Jump the gun Question there. Question three, please. How about a few more pucks across the NHL, gentlemen? A very familiar organization in the Western Conference is just flat out dominating. The Golden Knights have not lost yet in regulation going into tomorrow night's game versus the Avalanche. Pretty crazy stuff. Should we just shut down the Pacific race at this point? Boston and Vegas are just dominating everybody. Well, Boston, though, had uh, (laughs) an unbelievable season last year. Record setting. I mean, I thought, yep, that's it. Boston, same idea, right? Like, just just go ahead and crown them. And, um, yeah, then Matthew Kachuk happened, and that's uh, yeah. that's it. But we've seen this in, in the NHL. We saw this before Tampa had their run. Tampa had, what, the best record and lost to somebody in the first round. Was it, was it Columbus that got them in the first round? Mm, no, I don't think it was, it was Columbus. Columbus. I can't remember who it was. Somebody shocked them in the first round. Yeah. And, again, we had, we had it with Boston last year. So and no. Boston is awesome this year. I watched them the other night. They are phenomenal. They're loaded. They are loaded. I uh, I'm interested to see if Vegas can stay at this pace. And was I wrong? Was it Columbus? Was it Columbus? Bradford, With Tampa look Bay. Look that up, please. Let's see here. I'll look it up. Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. We'll find out. Uh, you're talking about Boston being loaded, though. It was Columbus. They swept him, I believe. Yeah. There yeah. Go. All right. I remember sweep. I just couldn't remember. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was yeah. Columbus. No, you're right. You're right. Question uh, four, please. Question number four. Final one before the break. The 314 is a sore at you guys for not diving into Lakers Clippers. Just kidding. But hey, let's get into a little bit of, of round ball talk, actually. Dan, I know that you're pretty enthusiastic about this play in tournament, this yeah, in season tournament that's actually already transpiring tonight in the association. Soccer style, there's some intrigue there. What are you really feeling about you this like subject? This? Uh, I think it's going to work to an extent. So each NBA team plays in a, what is it, a four team? It's kind of like a soccer style group with the the competition is staggered across the winter calendar so you're trying to make this more and give it more reason to play reason to watch reason not to let these players sit out for load management kind of thing um you know a lot of the the fans 
and I think hockey can be thrown in this to an extent, skip the beginning of the season because football is still going on. Mm-hmm. College football, pro football. So if you're trying to get eyeballs to your sport, this is one way to do it. Um, and apparently they did a survey of this and only uh, over 80% of fans said, we like what uh, this brings about because at least there's some intrigue and you're, there's something at the end where you're you're actually playing for a meaningful game in November as opposed to just like to me the NBA starts on Christmas Day when you have all those Christmas games mm-hmm. it's like okay I'll pay attention it's Christmas I got nothing else going on yeah. I'll watch the NBA there's usually a college football game later that night but you're trying to attract eyeballs you're trying to grow your league and you got to do different things to to make it feasible and would be you know i think it's gonna be interesting to see if it's if fans are willing to do this dan you and i talked about this yes if you really want to attract eyeballs to your product how about you put your players on the on the court period period i think the kid though from san antonio is fun to watch you've read my mind there's a reason to watch the association now he took down durant and the Suns twice in the span of a week he had 38 last night yeah he's He, he looks good he is there are a handful of guys that I think are transcendent when they first came up. Larry Bird being one, and no particular. Magic Johnson, Wilt Chamberlain, um, Braun. Yeah, but he was like a, a truck coming at you. I, I mean, like, these are unique, unique talents. Viscerally. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's just a different type of player. Like, LeBron is an unbelievable player, but mm-hmm. he was like a truck coming at you. Yeah. He, he, you he, saw it coming. Yeah, and he wasn't the player that he is now. I'm talking about walking into the league. I mean, Larry Bird was a forward that could pass and shoot. And Will Chamberlain, I, I, this is unbelievable to me. Will Chamberlain at one point average, I think, 50 and 25 and Bill Russell was the MVP that year, and Will Chamberlain was first-team All-NBA. Wow. Isn't that the weirdest thing? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it just transcendent players. And this guy looks like he might be one because he's seven foot four. What about Steph, just from a three-point? That's the, the other way, one. The way that yes. it changed. I mean, college basketball teams are just yes. you know, every shooting the track. That's another one that comes to mind. Yeah. That's, yeah, a, that's good a good call. Good call. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We'll, uh, we'll finish up the Sports Six-Pack. Uh, Sports Six-Pack Part 2. Question five coming next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. All right, let's continue the Sports Six Pack here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. I I love when Bradford, Bradford's like, I know you jokers won't go the full six so no, I'm, no. I'm just gonna build in two segments so what are we at? question five question five please question five question please. number five five indeed dan and next week the general manager meetings begin in arizona if i'm not mistaken about 130 plus players actually filing for free agency this particular season as far as what to monitor in the early going what do you envision being some of the main storylines uh an easy one we just kind of hit last segment but that would be the las vegas a's and where they're going to play they got to figure that thing out before the season gets going that's obvious um postseason format i bet that's on what they're talking about so if you win 
uh, your division for a team with a first round bye, the, the, do you get the five days off? And is there something there of a competitive disadvantage all of a sudden by what you should have as an advantage? I bet they're going to look at that. And then the other thing that they'll look at, I guarantee it will be the automated strike zone. And, you know, do you, unless it's 100% right, which mm-hmm. I don't know if it is, I've heard good and bad with this, but unless they have it 100% right, I don't know how you introduce it to the game. I don't either. I mean, you have it, to have it, it right. Be, it could be a disaster. I An saw absolute disaster. I saw a game uh, like two years ago, and it's improved since this point. But literally, a guy bounced it in front of the plate, and then it landed in the strike zone. And they called a strike, yeah. and the batter looked back at the umpire. It was like really, and the umpire just shrugged his shoulders and said, yeah. "All I do is say yes or no to what they put in my ear." And you can't have that. So no. it's got to be perfect. And they did introduce it at AAA. So you had high end baseball games that were being it was being used in those games but unless it's a hundred percent which i don't know if you can ever get it a hundred percent but close to it mm-hmm. i'm not introducing it agreed what do you do then with the uh the five days off for teams that have that first round buy but here's the one thing to consider one of the ideas was that starters it allows you to rest your starting pitching mm-hmm. if we learned anything about how postseason baseball is played your starters don't go long anyway they might go six innings. They might go seven innings. And when you see that, everybody's like, wow, he went seven innings. Yeah. They go two times around anyway. What's the difference? Uh, I think they got to keep it the way it is. So you rest up a little bit? Yeah. I think, guys, after 162 games in Creatures of Habit, I think you, you do lose a little bit of an edge. Yeah, did the Braves lose? I agree, but did, did the Braves lose because of the layoff, or were the Phillies just better in that series? Yeah, you know? Phillies were better. Dodgers. It, even Brian Snicker said that. Yeah, he said we're not going to use this as an excuse. Dodgers. They they didn't have the pitching. Arizona yeah. had better pitching. Clayton they hit Kershaw was any good. Yeah, I don't think Kershaw got destroyed because he he had a layoff. You know, yeah. I, I think we. We've made uh, made it might it might not be a narrative it might be a, a reality, but I don't know if you go ahead and change anything. Yeah, you could you could give like the teams the options, but why why would you play an extra series? So those are the things I bet that they're talking about. And then I, I would imagine the Cardinals are bunkering down, like they do. Every team does this during the winter meetings. You literally have like multiple hotel rooms, and you just sit there and you you bring in. An agent, you bring in maybe a player is there. Not often, not it's pretty rare, but you bring them in. You bring in the other GMs and you sit down and you start hashing things out. I would imagine that this will be as busy a GM meetings that they've had in years. Yeah. Because they're going to have to get creative. No doubt. Question six, please. Question number six. Finishing up with baseball, with so much attention being paid to Nola, Sonny Gray, Blake Snell from the 636, what exactly is the profile on Yamamoto, and does the lack of evidence somehow make him a little less appealing? Dan had it earlier. Yeah, five-time All-Star, three-time ERA champion, two-time Triple Crown champion in the NPB. So that's the equivalent of the MVP and the Cy Young Awards. Um, there's some people that believe he's the best pitcher in the world. I mean, that I've heard that being s- spoken about him. It's a mid-'90s fastball. He's got swing and miss splitter. Uh, his spin rate on his curveball is high, and they all went for strikes 65% of the time. And so when people sit there and say, well, you don't have a real good idea because he hasn't gone against major league hitters, 
I understand that, but there's more evidence out there than we've ever had on guys that come from overseas to quali- you know, quantify what they do because of spin rates, velocity, location, video, all those things. So that helps you have a better understanding of uh, of what you're going to get potentially if you do sign them. What about the diminutive frame, though? Does that give you any pause if it's a smaller guy, if he's not your classic guy towing the rubber? Maybe you're looking, though, at a Lincecum. Maybe you're looking at, at first, a poor man's version of Pedro. Could yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about him outside of the, the things I just talked about. I, I know his repertoire, and I'll go more. I'm not worried about weight, height, all that stuff. I'm more worried about durability and what you think because they can try to project that as well. And spin rates... I'm worried, you know, I'd be looking into that. He just turned 25. Yeah, that's... Just turned 25. That is more intriguing to me right now than paying Aaron Nola even more at at his age. And Aaron Nola is not coming off a great season. Would you be... I guess, though, the question would be, are you somewhat, having not seen him face major league hitters, Mm -hmm. are you a little bit tentative in giving that kind of money to that player? Yes, but at 24, I think the the upside is worth it. Could you imagine, though, if he's 25 years old and he's not the guy you thought he is and you get hamstrung with that deal? It'd be bad. That's It'd be real bad. Especially for a mid-market team, mm-hmm. potentially. Yeah. No way, man. That, that could hamper that payroll for years. From a durability standpoint, though, I'm also backtracking in a way right now because you think about the way in which the game is played and it's not as if pitchers even from the era in which the two guys I referenced when they thrived Lincecum Martinez you're not conditioning pitchers to go six seven eight at a time durability becomes less of a concern if you're nearing 100 and still able to really ratchet it up in the below department maybe that's not as much of an issue but every guy is for the most part max effort so Mm -hmm. you know the one thing that these guys could do is maybe not show their best stuff first time through. Maybe you're not throwing as hard with max effort. Now the game is played with complete max effort all the way through. It's something to think about. So you're talking about actually like pitching. Oh, yeah. Actually <laughs> pitching. Location, yeah. sink it. Have Saving an idea. a little bit yeah. for you know the latter innings because you expect to go to the, like pitching you're talking about. Yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of the idea. It's <laughs> kind of the I'd idea. I'd like to see that, Dan. Is Verlander like the last true craftsman as far yeah. as that approach goes? He's awesome. He is, man. He gets Fun in the ninth inning. He throw, How the hell is he throwing 93? Because he was throwing... 70 you know he was throwing 86 beforehand and it's so much to f- fun to watch a guy that knows how to pitch yes i mean give me a 2-1 game give me a one nothing game and i yeah. know the younger generation for the most part doesn't want to see that but man a well-pitched game or somebody that's got a clue is fun to watch there is something too though a pitcher's duel oh it's awesome just as exciting as that because you're still going to eventually get some sort of offense and the exactly. offense becomes more meaningful exactly there's a premium put on that one pitch or yes. that one that you miss and it gets hit out of the ballpark because yep. really in the annals of recent cardinals history was there any game more captivating arguably than carpenter v halliday no Carpenter Clemens in 2005 was pretty darn good. Uh, that was a good one. But with the, everything on the line, no. no. Captivating. It. Yeah. It's Fastlane on 101 at ESPN. What's trending is next. We're right back to the Fastlane podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill to win a magical Polar Express staycation. Just past 5 o'clock on the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Friday, November the 3rd, Bradford Bruns, Anthony Salter, Dan McLaughlin with you. Gentlemen, it is time for what's trending now. And in just under two hours downtown, the Blues back in action, looking to really wipe away the stench of the last couple of games, both in Canada as well as that verdict against Colorado. New Jersey is in town and a couple of subtle lineup changes made by the head coach Craig Berube for this one. Torp moving up to the third line. First and foremost, though, guys, the fact of the matter is this team against the Devils needs to be able to come up with and muster more offensive production, period. That winds up being the key. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, power play, too. Power play. Well, it, it almost becomes kind of that, how can we simplify things? Uh, that's That's the message... Not the message, Craig Ruby. I don't want to. I don't want to say this and say, well, this was kind of the message from Craig Ruby. He was talking about building confidence within his team. I I remarked to Jamie after the the interview that we had with him. You know, if you go back to the C, a weird comparison, but when you go back to the Seahawks Legion of Boom team, okay, with that secondary, a lot of people forget how good that defensive line was. And one of the things that Pete Carroll wanted to do when he got back into the NFL was simplify things for his defense. And it was just basic. It was a cover three behind, and he had the, he had the personnel to do it because Earl Thomas took away half, you know, the, the back half of the field. But Dan, the the defense, it was one gap. That was it. They had, they were responsible for one gap. Yep. So simplify it. Simplify it, and, they, and and when you simplify it, you can play faster. So forget kind of the X's and O's aspect of it because I wonder if we're looking at a team that's got a lot on its plate coming in, trying to play a certain way defensively that you didn't play a year ago and try to make those changes. And it has not led to early results. And now you have an unconfident team that feels unsure. So how can you simplify it for the, for the players so they can play fast, get some confidence, build up some wins and some momentum. First thing I would do is get more pucks on net. That'd be good with the power play. They've had 25 power plays, 32 shots. That's it. That's third fewest good in the NHL. So they've got 11 total goals from nine players. Thomas and Saad, uh, they've got two, two apiece. Kairou, Bujnevich, Verana, Kapanen, Blay, uh, Sunquist, and Neighbors have one. Shanna Hayes, Torbchenko, Alexandrov have none. I mean, that, that's just not going to cut it. And the power play is one for 25. Oof. You know, it's just 15 goals in eight games. It's 31st in the NHL, two or fewer in six of eight. I mean, you start looking at the numbers and it tells me shoot the puck Yeah. to try to get, you know, like you were saying, like just get traffic, get things in front of the net, make it move, get it going. I mean, those are things that are simple. You're talking about simplification. That's what I would say. Um, I also think the Blues have been turning the puck way too much over coming out of their own zone. Mm-hmm. You look at that, they turn it over. Clog up the middle of the ice, but struggle to clear the zone. That's another thing I would look at. Those are all factors in tonight's game. And one thing New Jersey is, for fans that are maybe heading down to uh, to watch the game tonight, watch the speed of New Jersey. I watched them the other night. 
Man, they are fast. Yeah. Holy cow, are they fast. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game for the Blues. As far as evaluating, how critical is this four-game stretch in isolation and as far as projecting what this team could be heading into the winter? Four games at home in succession against the opponents coming out of the Eastern Conference. Really, how critical is it? You know, Bradford, I don't want to minimize your question because it is a good one in the way you phrased it with the home, you know, the home games and stuff like that was was well done. I, but I don't know if it, the, the schedule matters as much as the style, you know, the, this team finding some sort of identity that they can play with. And maybe it's just an identity for November and they have to build upon that. And it's not necessarily a, the way they play all season long. Sure. But it's finding that consistency within your play as opposed to how the schedule sets up. Now, maybe to your question. I it, think they're it, big games. I think it's, I think they're big games. So you don't fall further behind early. But. What's what's going to matter the most? How they play stylistically. So what if you come out of this, and he's asking about the Bradford brings up a great point. You're asking about the next four games. Mm-hmm. What, what if you come out of this and Kairou's got one goal and Thomas... Caught him. <laughs> just eat the next eight years on that thing. Um, you know what I mean? Send it's a message. Yeah. It's like starting to now. It's like, oh man, you're going to grab the stick a little bit tighter. Yeah. Guys are playing tight, and it can spiral really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's why I think the next four games are big. I mean, they're not idiots. They know that they're they're saying the same things that we are talking about. They know the stats. They know that they're not scoring goals. They know they've been awful on the power play. It's right there in front of them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I look at the four games as being important. And rightfully so. We've spent so much time dissecting and dedicating the time to the offensive struggles. Well, I'm also intrigued to see the contrast as far as the performance in front of the respective goaltenders tonight. You're rolling with Bennington. In all likelihood, I don't think it's a great, grand surprise that tomorrow night will fall to Hofer. Structurally speaking, let's say you have a representative good effort versus New Jersey. Can you sustain it with the understudy, no offense intended, in net the following night? Depends on how you play in front of them. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on how you play in front of them. If the forwards can't, you know, generate a strong forecheck to just possess the puck. You know, Dan, you're, you you broke it down perfectly. Get funnel pucks to the net. How about possess the puck? That's puck possession's not been where it needs to it's be. It's been terrible. And that's to, what I'm to talking about. Coming out of their own zone, they lose the puck a lot. Yeah, you know, it's just it's not crisp in that regard. There's just a lot of things kind of missing right now. Yeah, it's clunky. I think one of the positives has been Pareko and the way that he's played, and he takes a lot of heat. I think in town because he's not Chris Pronger. I mean, you've heard that a million times, but he's played well. Uh, there's only so much that Bennington can do. And if you don't score, it looks ugly. Yeah. And, you know, they've had a couple of bad periods when they played Vancouver. They had a bad period against Colorado. And they, they I, I just think when I watch this team, when you have one bad period, it's tough for them to make it up. When you don't score a lot of goals, their margin for error is tight. Yeah. And so they've got to play a full 60 minutes to have a chance to win. Mm-hmm. 
Let's switch to focus on one of the most polarizing players in football. We'll really dig into a lot of the matchups for week number nine in the next segment. But Deshaun Watson slowly (laughs) working his way back, working through a rotator cuff issue. And sometimes, guys, well, the jokes just are right themselves. So Cleveland has Arizona (laughs) on the schedule this weekend. Cleveland is in the mix in the AFC North right there in a competitive division. Watson now says, as he's trying to steal himself to play, that he, A, when it comes to that October 22nd game, he tried, allegedly, to return versus the Colts. Mm-hmm. He jumped the gun. But right now, in the here and now, the arrow is going up. And I will leave it at that. Would you go with P.J. Oh, Walker boy. instead? If if, Walker, if Watson's not healthy? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What if he is healthy? If he is healthy, you got to roll with Deshaun Watson. You're married to him. Yeah. You're it's a married lot of to money, him. man. A lot you of money. You guaranteed that. This is why you don't guarantee that that sort of money. What incentive do, does Deshaun Watson have to stay motivated and all that? He's got his. He's got his money. He has That's the twenty fourth best QBR in the league. He's been terrible. terrible. Now maybe he had. Maybe that's injury related. I hope it is because the Deshaun Watson that I saw at Clemson and at Houston was was somebody that is a franchise player. And one of the top five or six quarterbacks in the league, a winner. This version of Deshaun Watson has been pathetic. He's he's like a tick off with everything, isn't he? He, he, That game that he went in against, um, the was it the Niners? What was it? What was the game he started and then PJ Walker that like he clear he medically oh, got I cleared. Was, I think it was the 49ers. Yeah, it was. Was it the Niners? Yeah. Wild one. Medic medically cleared to go back in and. I don't blame him. Kevin Stefanski's like, yeah, we're good. You know what? Uh, we'll let you heal. Yeah. You're fine, buddy. Yeah. Uh, that th- this is bit this is this is a disastrous situation for the for the Browns who have actually a pretty good team. And they you- they need to win. They have to win this weekend. I mean, Arizona is one in seven this year when they've had the lead at halftime. How about that? One in seven when they've had the, when they've had the lead. Second half dictation wow. dictates what they could do, yeah. and th- that should be a win for them for mm. the Cleveland Browns. And Anthony, I'm not saying that they have this surplus of game breakers on offense, but I don't know if you can pin it entirely on the lack of weapons there either. If you're projecting the performance or the setting there in Cleveland relative to what he had in Houston, okay, Amari Cooper. I don't know if you would classify him as a high end number one, but you do have options there to be able to spread the field. But he's been so far off more than a takeoff Dan as you had said that regardless of the vertical threats there it's yeah. just not in sync here's what he has he even looks slow to me yeah you're right he does yeah. Yeah. Here's, here's what he does have he has a defense that is incredible and that offensive line is pretty good Bill Walsh there's a reason why Bill Walsh said the last thing that we need to complete a roster is wide receiver you hear that, and it's like, well, Bill Walsh had Jerry Rice. Right. But he had everything else first. He knows, or he knew, God rest his soul, he knew that a wide receiver was going to come in and demand the ball because that's what top wide receivers do. It's nothing against them. It's, their, it's the competitive nature. But if you don't have the quarterback or the offensive lines or the defensive line, you're screwed. Yep. Look at the Raiders. They're how awful. Good are, how good are you they at Devontae? Are Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the league. And they can't Not get the ball Justin to him. Jefferson. Has, has it mattered? No. No. Roster construction. So, like, Cleveland, you're right, Brett. They have more than enough. They, they've got Amari Cooper. They've got Devon, uh, They've got uh, David Njoku. Yeah. Elijah Moore's fine. Like, 
they you know they trade they just traded People's Donovan Peoples Jones. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. But like they, they've got more than enough there for for Deshaun Watson to look better. Don't you think he doesn't he, need Justin Jefferson to to be better than what he has been? It's he elevating the talents. Yeah, he doesn't play carefree like he did prior to everything no. that took place. Yeah. And and I also think physically he looks a step slower. Yeah, I, I agree, Dan. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Let's get into the matchups in the NFL, the National Football, Football League. League. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, boys, let's get into the uh, the NFL Week 9 matchups. We already had one game play out last night. The Steelers came back. They were they were trailing for most of that game. I thought Tennessee was pretty much in control. I did. Outside of the first, first drive when Pittsburgh went down the field, because I thought, oh, this offense looks a little different. And then you watch the, the, pre, the next, you know, eight drives, and you're like, oh, no, you don't look different at all, Steelers. So explain this one to me. You love football. So we talked about it earlier. Steelers have been outgained in each of their first eight games. They're five and three, so they've got a winning record. As a matter of fact, this is staggering. 790 yards, second worst to the Broncos, and they're five and three. It's terrible. I mean, is is Mike Tomlin that good? He must be. Tomlin, Tomlin, I think, is the most underrated coach in the league. He gets the most out of his players. If you go back and you kind of look at each game, there's always there's always a point where the the other team shoots itself in the foot. Yeah. For example, last night with with the Titans, that defense played pretty well up until the fourth quarter. There's that one drive, and Will Levis and the Titans were settling for too many field goals. Nothing that I mean, they, they got credit to Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh did a great job and took advantage of Tennessee losing, I think, 14 offensive linemen throughout the yeah. course of the the, uh, the game. But so Tennessee beats beats themselves. Baltimore, Lamar Jackson threw one of the worst interceptions you're, you're going to see after a muffed punt by the Steelers. The Bravens were killing them for three and a half quarters. Mm-hmm. Baltimore melts down, leads to a, a win for the Steelers. Uh, the the Raiders. That was the Josh McDaniels game where he got goofy on. He decided to not take a field goal early in the fourth quarter. Went for it, didn't get it. Then scored a touchdown and went for two, but didn't like he. So he mucked that one. So every opponent the, the Steelers have played have just given them something at some point. And Kenny Pickett has caught a lot of flack, but on a lot of occasions when he has had to make the throw He's made down the field, he has made it. Yep. And last night, you have Pickens, obviously, with a foul up there in the end Dude, zone. Dude, what was that? Deontay Johnson comes up large. Yeah. Inconsistencies at the receiver position. If you can get anything out of the ground game, mm-hmm. I don't care who the source is. Pittsburgh could actually be trending upward because right now, you're seeing offensively still about the worst version you can see. Yeah. There is room for growth. Yeah, no doubt. Pickens is an absolute stud. He was not yeah. on that play, though. I don't know how you don't get that second foot down because the throw was perfect. Let's talk about the Germany game, boys. Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs. This is one of those where, you know, if we're talking about, like, predictions and stuff, I look at Kansas City coming off a loss. I look at Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs only laying one and a half, and I say, give me some of that. Kansas City defensively yep. has been excellent. And when Miami has faced any defense with a pulse, they've had issues. The other thing with Miami, it's the same thing with San Francisco. They're built the same way. If they don't play with a lead, they're in trouble. So if Kansas City has a lead going into the fourth quarter, give me Kansas City. 
Mahomes 15 and 3 in a game after a loss. Keep that in mind. Miami it's a offense record. By the way, has scored on 21% of their drives. So, wow. this might be the game of the weekend. And let's face it, Kansas City came out flat against Denver. They'd clinched the AFC West. Mahomes had the flu, so looking forward to this weekend. Should be a great game. Could you say clinch the AFC West? <laughs> yes. Stoltz, we Basically. know. Done. We Over. know that beyond Kelsey and Rice, Kansas City doesn't have this influx of options to go down the no. field. Having said that, I'm curious, why is there no priority, seemingly no priority this year? He's more than a gadget guy. Where has Jarek McKinnon gone? In the screen game. Yeah, that's, Where has been, he yeah gone? that's been weird. I, I just feel like Andy Reid is doing the Andy Reid thing. And I love Reid. I, I think it he's all incredible. Kinds of ways. He is, but, you know, Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco has looked fantastic in love games. And Andy Reid's like, ah, kind of bored with this. Why don't we just start throwing the ball again? There was a reason why Eric Bienemy said the one time after he had Sam Howell throw the ball like 60 times that Andy Reid would be proud of me. It's because Reid gets bored of the, the ground game. If you have more of a balance, I, I don't. I don't think the Chiefs have to have an outside the number numbers guy. I think Rice is developing into that guy, yeah. and Kelsey's on. You know, you can't you can't cover him, but you got to run the ball more. You got yeah. you got to be balanced, and that's an obvious extension of the ground game. And yet, still, unfathomably, every third series you have Clyde Edwards-Helaire out there yeah, for that no I, apparent reason. No, that's a good point about McKinnon. I, I don't know about that because they utilized him to perfect. Remember, he had like five games with five touchdowns in the middle of the year last year. Fantasy monster. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Flex. Uh, Ravens and Seahawks. Boys, I think the Seahawks are a fraud. I do. I do. First of all, Geno Smith is not playing well. Last year, he played great, earned the contract. He has not played well. He's been a turnover machine, and if he's not turning the ball over, he's he's taking sacks. He's He's been good or okay in between the 20s. You get him in the red zone, uh-uh. I like Kenneth Walker a lot. Obviously, you love DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on the outsides, and Seattle defensively, I think, is playing better than I expected, but I think this is a game that the that the Ravens flex their dominance again, just like they did against the Lions. I love the Ravens in this spot. They're, Seattle, they're ascending. I don't know, man. Seattle's 5-0 and when they pressure the QB fraud. on at least 30% of dropbacks. So put the pressure on. I don't know, though. The QB for Baltimore is pretty darn good. He might be the MVP of the league, but uh, I like Seattle in this game, oh. at least to cover. Yeah. Yeah, five and a half. I like them to cover. If I'm a Baltimore enthusiast, though, this is an opportunity for me to actually have Lamar Jackson flushed out of the pocket, almost an old school style performance because he will be able to have his druthers on the run. Zay Flowers has transformed the vertical component mm. of that offense. You yeah. still have Mark Andrews. You've received next to nothing out of Odell Beckham. Just think if there's yet somebody else and another source out of the backfield who can assist Lamar Jackson. Really thought a deal might have been swung by Baltimore mm-hmm. to land an RB didn't come to fruition no now you're relying on Gus Edwards and Justice Hill and it's the same quite it's the same deal with the Ravens because J.K. Dobbins unfortunately just can't stay healthy and I no. feel bad for the kid but he's out again for the year Sunday night should be a lot of fun but before we get to the Sunday night game let's start with the NFC East matchup between the Cowboys and Eagles the Cowboys this is how I view the Cowboys I think they're a, I, I think they're a good team I know they're not great when you look at Dallas the most impressive win to me is was the one against the Chargers on the road, coming off that ugly forty-two to ten loss to the Niners. They went on the road. Everybody, everybody's kicking Dallas while they're down, and I thought Dak played his best game. But other than that, boys, here's the wins: Giants, Jets, you lost to the Cardinals, Patriots, Chargers, Rams. I don't think any of those teams has a winning record outside of the Jets, 
who just won their fourth game last week. In stunning fashion. In stunning fashion over the New York football giants who clearly did not want to win. They didn't allow Tommy DeVito to throw the ball forward. The Eagles, to me, I think this is a tight game throughout. I think this is a fun one throughout. The Eagles have the better roster. I think their defensive line is going to is gonna cause issues. I think Jalen Hurts, if they can run the ball a little bit more to, to, to save him, protect him a little bit. Otherwise, A.J. Brown is a beast. I think this is a game where Devonta Smith has a big one, big game. Uh, Dallas Goddard is getting more into the mix. I like the Eagles overall more than Dallas, but I think this is going to be a tight one. Can you control Dak? Now, the last two games, he has more rushing yards than he did in the first five, mm. which is kind of interesting. C.D. Lamb, by the way, targeted 15 times last week. Oh, how good is the, he? The squeaky he's, wheel he's got, pretty got good. the oil there. He's pretty good. In a complimentary fashion, too, you've actually noticed more out of Brandon Cooks, dare I say, over mm. the last two games, maybe coming on, getting a little more familiar with the system. This is another prove-it game, a big game scenario for Dak Prescott. That's nice. His numbers over the last couple of weeks, very nice. But what are you going to do against the division favorite? Yeah. And to me, to some extent, Tony Pollard, there he was go. never going to be the bell cow back coming out of there for Dallas. But some would say you may have expected a little more from him oh, as the time. engine for the offense. Is this the week when you lean on him, not just coming out of the backfield, catching the screens, but being able to break off a couple of big ones? Bradford, I was going to, you beat me to the punch, man. I was going to circle back. The Cowboys have to run the ball. You have to have that balance there. Or else I think Dak becomes a little exposed when everything's on him. Tony Pollard has not looked like the same back. I know a lot of people are like, well, he needs Zeke. He needs Zeke. No, Tony Pollard needs to be the guy that he was before the injury. That has been the issue. The speed isn't there. Like Tony Pollard, I think, is more than capable of, of carrying the ball 20 to 22 times a game with zero issues. Get that up to 25 touches per game. You get him involved in the pass. That has not been that guy this year. And I think that is that that will be the thing that I think that hurts Dallas more than anything. All right, we'll wrap it up here with the Sunday night football game because this is going to be a lot of fun too. Bengals and Bills. And I've been chiding the Bill the, the Bengals for a while now. I've said. You know what? This is this is the year where everything catches up to them. They've had a great run, but they lost a lot of defensive players in the offseason because they wanted to pay Joe Burrow. They Zach Taylor's offense has, you know, been around now for three, four years. You get these defensive coordinators catching up. And I was right for two months. And I'm about to be wrong. Because of Joe Burrow. This Bengals team Pretty is good. back. Yeah. They're back. The Bills are backsliding. The Bills have not played well. Uh, I know they beat Tampa last week. Okay home game short week whatever you go back to the new england game you lost you should have lost to the giants you did lose to the jaguars they have not looked like the same team since the miami game and they've lost too many defensive players i think the Bengals win this one in an absolute shootout is it uh simply is joe burrow being healthy yes you know his calf is now fully healed and he's able to maneuver a little bit in the pocket and they're running the ball too they're they, yeah, running the ball in the they are ball. But give me Joe Burrow at 100% and watch out. Mm -hmm. Much like Baltimore, Cincinnati has ample room to grow. Mixon hasn't had a lot of signature performances this season and what will likely be his last campaign in Cincinnati. You could say the same thing for T. Higgins. T. Higgins has provided next nothing. to nothing for that roster. You know who's actually been a nice compliment to Jamar Chase of late, though? Tyler Taj Boyd. Tyler Boyd. <laughs> you love Ty. Oh, yeah. Bradford once I said, Taj Boyd's looking good or something like that. I'm he like, did. the old Clemson quarterback, Taj yeah. Boyd? Yeah. Yeah. Tyler Boyd. Taj Boyd. Taj Boyd. Do you remember Taj Boyd? I certainly do. <laughs> From Clemson? I certainly do. Taj Boyd. All right. That'll, that'll do it for he us. He was right before NFL. Trevor Lawrence, wasn't he? 
Taj Boyd, I think, is going back a little bit further. No, because no, Deshaun. Uh, yeah, Deshaun would have been. Then, okay, yeah, yeah. But Taj Boyd might have been before Deshaun. I think he was. Yeah. He was mm. a decent player. Yeah. yeah. All right. We've got our. Don't question him. Dabo will call in. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> question me over Taj Boyd. I'll stab you. Exactly. That's what Dabo says. Biggest question of the day next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. All right, time for the biggest question of the day here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Dan McLaughlin. I'm Anthony Stalter. Let's kick it back to our guy Bradford Bruns. Tomorrow afternoon in Athens, gentlemen, the place to be as Missouri gets that coveted national television slot at 2.30 versus the Bulldogs. We've talked about it quite a bit throughout the course of today's program. We know the zoo is the major dog entering this tilt at present. The line 15 and a half fluctuating between 15 and a half and 16. Mizzou's coming off of the bye, but at the same time, Georgia absolutely ambushed Florida last weekend. It hasn't been close for the last couple of weeks. And so the question really is here, can Mizzou hang in the early going, withstand some of the early blows on the road and be able to sustain any sort of offense long enough to last in the game tomorrow afternoon? I think the the thing that Mizzou needs to do above all else in this game is play complimentary football. All three phases. I don't think this is one of those, well, you get into a shootout and you're going to be fine. No. Or, well, Mizzou's defense has... No. I think it's got to be complimentary football. It starts off with your special teams. It starts off with field position. Can you create a turnover? Dan, that was the first thing out of your mouth in the 2 o'clock hour when we talked about Mizzou. You're absolutely right. Can you create a turnover or two? Can you win the turnover battle? There you go. Can you fl- and capitalize can you fl- too? Yes. And if you get into field goal range and you fall short, I don't. Th- I th- there's certain spots in a game. Sure, you, you take your shot, right? I don't think this is one of those. Go for it on every fourth down. That's how we got to win. Or onside kicks and all. If you play complimentary football, I think you're good enough to keep it within one score heading into the fourth quarter, and then it becomes its own individual game. What concerns it, you know me? What I mean? Yeah, I, I get you. I, I think what concerns me is that with Georgia, there was no Brock Bowers and it was no problem last week. And Beck put up 315 yards with two touchdowns. And when it looked like, hey, Florida is going to make this a game, they mm-hmm. just turned it up. They dialed it up and said, no, you're not. <laughs> and they, they decided to do an extra week of practice or extra day of practice this week. They have come into this game disrespected in a way, mm-hmm. number two in the college football poll, and Mizzou is getting a lot of love. And I think that maybe Kirby Smart is like, hey, you see this? Let's go show everybody what we're about. Yeah. And that could be a problem in this game. But between the X's and O's of it, turnover battle, Luther Burden has got to have a great game. They got to get vertical. You talked about that earlier. Yeah. Can't just dump it all the time. Right. And their defense has got to be able to stop the run. Their run game is is there. I, I don't know. It's it's a tough test, man, for Mizzou. It's really tough. Stop the run and force turnovers, right? The only way that Mizzou, the most subjective fan, I think, here, could say to stay in the contest for 
a majority of the game. You have to be able to come up with a turnover to the edge rush, whether it's Darius Robinson or Johnny Walker. Somebody else is going to have to step up. And if that means on defense, too, you get a little more exotic with your looks. You're bringing pressure from unconventional spots. This is the game in my opinion, on the defensive side, that you come up with those schemes because why else would you be holding on to anything right. at this point? Yeah. Show it yeah, all. Right. Throw the whole book at Georgia. Yeah, no good call on that. You so, know, go ahead, you, well, I was just going to say, I, the other thing, too, is I'm talking about Burden getting the ball and, and making plays, and I can't wait to see him go against the number two team in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it could be like a coming out party, so to speak, a little bit. And I know true football fans, when I say true, I mean those that really follow it. Um, know about Luther Burden, but he could explode mm-hmm. on the national scene. But to your point, complimentary football means, in my opinion, with this a little bit, is that you got to have ball possession. You got to take time off the clock. Yeah. Because if the ball's in George's hands, man, watch out. That plays into what I said earlier about you want to play better defense, play less defense. Exactly. Play exactly. less defense tomorrow. Control it. Control it. Control the game. Be in control. That doesn't mean you're up by three scores. It just means you're in control. The other team feels as though the field is always tilted. They're up, they're, you know, they're backed up constantly because you decide to punt at midfield instead of going for it on fourth and four. Yeah, you know, like think think the game that way. That's not being cautious or 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 uh, you know you're afraid. I, I think it's being smart. You got one game here, one game. Get into the fourth quarter, one possession. Do it that way. And you got to run the ball effectively, too. This could be contingent on how he finishes the campaign. But going into next season, do you view Luther Burden as somebody who could be a viable Heisman candidate next year? No. Not at all. No, really. I think, I think he's a. I think he's a great player, but I don't. No, I don't think. I don't think it's. I don't think he's Heisman. I would view it more as that his draft stock rises. Yeah, more so than a Heisman candidate, because it's always going to be a QB that's getting, like, you know, mixing this year and, and what he's done. Mm-hmm. He's going to get a look. Um, what Caleb Williams did last year. It just to me, it always seems to fall on the QB, yeah. unless you are just an all-world ridiculous wide receiver. And I'm not saying he's. Not that, but I I just don't know if he'll get the attention that maybe he properly deserves. There are differences to be sure, but is it a step too far to say that he does compare favorably with Marvin Harrison Jr.? Why in 2024 could he not be college football's version of Marvin Harrison Jr.? Because he's not at Ohio State. Yeah, that's a big big thing. Um, I think he could put up great numbers. But to Dan's point, it's just the field is tilted too much in favor of the QBs. There's always going to be, you know, we thought Caleb Williams is going to be a slam dunk this year. And now we're talking about Michael Penix Jr. or Marvin Harrison Jr. And we're we're talking about these other players that emerge. So I think it's going to be tough for him to win a Heisman. I mean, you're talking about somebody that is basically... Marvin Harris Jr., where he's he's winning the Penn State game. Oh, it's bold, yeah. Like Ohio State and Penn State were neutral outside of Penn State didn't have Marvin Harrison Jr. That's that's really what it came down to. Now, so go back that, to last weekend, even against Wisconsin, sure. he's the difference maker in that game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's interesting. Let, let's just say. I haven't thought about it, though, Bradford. I'd like the out-of-the-box thought. For fun, if Mizzou wins tomorrow, I mean, who knows? Anything could happen. If they went out, they're in the college. They, they very well could be a one-loss team that's in the college football playoff. Oh, you went out, you're in. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, because you're you you have won, you you would have beaten Georgia. Yep, Kansas State. Uh, who, I mean, 
whoever's ranked in the SEC championship. And won the SEC championship. With LSU looking better and better, pending the result of tomorrow's game versus Alabama. Uh, It's a good win. Uh, The LSU LSU loss, loss, I mean, it would be, if there is such a thing as a good loss. There is. Yeah. In the committee's eyes, if if you think back to it, the committee has been pretty staunch with good what's your resume what are your wins and if you have a loss what's your loss if you have three ranked wins and your loss is to a ranked team that's right they'll excuse that loss with without any hesitation it is about who you beat more than who you lost to and at the end of the day the sec is still the sec and treated as such i will believe it when i see it as far as the pac-12 fielding more of those representatives really i'm still skeptical you're not going to get two Pac-12 teams in there. I agree. You're not going to do it this year. No. I know Oregon and Washington are great, but like wh- whoever wins the Pac-12 championship between those two teams, if they face that, that's going to be the team that that's gets in. Be the team that gets in. Yeah. The other team is going to be playing in the Rose Bowl for a couple of weeks. A lot of people feel as if the, we've been waiting for that other shoe to drop for the Huskies too. Oh, they've been on thin ice. And you st- th- this is why I joked earlier about the trap game tomorrow against USC, where odds makers are like in LA. Come to me, my yeah. husky betters. <laughs> I know. All of you line up because it feels like that's a game. And the line dropped the two and a half. That's that is one of those games where everybody's lined up on Washington. Trojan's defense Williams's. though is so oh, bad. Terrible. It's so bad. They're terrible. Yeah. And and I I was duped too into thinking that USC defensively, because they had all those transfer players come in. Over time, they'll get better. Nope. Not a chance. You forgot the head coach, though, Anthony. Forgot the head coach, Lincoln yeah. Riley, and we're just going to go. Go, uh, go, go offensively. Yeah. He's like, I'll play less defense, too, because I'm just going to throw Take that, which is all he does. Yep, that's exactly right. All right, we've got Fader following. We'll wrap up the show next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for FanDuel Fade or Follow on the Fast Lane. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Everyone follow us. Delphi, Delphi. Money, 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 money. All right, we got Dan again. Dan is back for, uh, Dan, what, what is this now? Is this your fourth week or your fifth week? This is my fourth week. Yeah, right. two wins and a push. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. You had, a, you had a push mixed in there. Well, congratulations yeah. on winning last right. week. Although you do have to remind me, what did we give you? Oh, <laughs> we gave you the two options, right? Yeah, you gave me the Jordan Bennington uh, saves or the uh, uh, World Series. Uh, Adolis Garcia, yeah. Yeah, both. Yeah, I want hockey. <laughs> well, both hit. So you were nice. Yeah, you, yeah the, the Bennington one got a little hairy there. Uh, I was afraid yeah. they were going to pull him. That's what I was too. I was watching the game. Said, "Please just don't pull him." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> leave him in Love there. It. Uh, How you doing, Dan? Everything good? You going to have a good weekend? I hope so, Dan. Nice, uh, nice talk with you. It's a pleasure uh, finally getting to talk to you. But yeah, hopefully have a good weekend. Awesome, pleasure to talk to you as well. Well, let's make it a real good weekend, shall we, Dan? Uh, we. The three of us, Bradford, Dan, and I, we, we all got together in, yep. in the last couple of breaks, and there's a couple of games that we all liked, and we just whittled it down to the big 8.30 a.m. game on Sunday morning between the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Dan? Ooh. Yes, sir. What is Patrick Mahomes' record again coming off a loss? 15-3 and three in the game after a loss. 15-3 and three off a loss. I have another one, too. Please. Please. Taylor Swift was not at the game last weekend. 
and they got crushed. Yeah, so you got to consider that too. Is she going to Germany? She's got to. She's got to be going to Germany. No, but the hot button topic right now: Will she be back for the Thanksgiving holiday with her man? Mm. (laughs) Either way, in the uh, Tyreek Hill revenge game, we are going with the Chiefs. Dan minus one and a half. You bet we are. We love it. I, I see this game. If the Dolphins don't have the lead, they're they're like San Francisco. They they don't play as well. The play action yep. doesn't play as well. I think Chris Jones wrecks things for Tua. We all like the Chiefs, Dan, minus one and a half. Would you like to fade us or follow us? Oh, man, I've followed you guys so far for four weeks or for three weeks. I'll have to follow you again. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Chiefs are going to be a little angry and and take it out on the poor Dolphins. What a boy, Jamie. I love it. Yeah. Or Dan. Dan. Yeah. Excuse me. I was thinking of Jamie because <laughs> because Jamie has been with you on the last, what, three or four, what you've, you said, Dan, that you've been with uh, yeah, the four. guys. So hopefully I'm not going to bring yeah. you bad luck here. Well, I had BT last week. So, oh, okay. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Sure you'll bring me a good luck. All that's right. right. BT, BT gave out the Adolis Garcia pick. So, anyways, right. Dan, good luck to you. We appreciate you playing Fader Foul. We love that you're following us again. Uh, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good weekend. You too. too. Thank you. So if Dan wins because he followed us, or if the Chiefs cover, Dan gets $50 of FanDuel's money, and he gets to come back next week. Awesome. uh, He did have the one push. I think it was on the Washington-Oregon game, if I remember correctly. We had Washington. They kicked the field goal at the end. So Dan's been close a couple of times. He's walked the tightrope with us. Hey, push, you're still living. That's right. Exactly. You're still living. If you missed anything from today's show, uh, which included two hours of Jamie Rivers, we talked a lot of blues in those first two hours. Dan McLaughlin has been with us the entire show, but the last two hours we switched it up, did a little baseball, a little football, had a couple of uh, uh, sports six-packs mixed in there with some, I mean, we had had basketball covered a lot. Yeah, we did that too. Uh, Forgot about that. We took every angle of the Mizzou game. Mizzou and Georgia. So if you're a Mizzou fan and you're listening before tomorrow's game, so wait, what's going to happen? They're going to cover. They're going to win. Yeah, they're. I, I feel Bradford and I were talking about this. I think they either lose by 14 or 17. Really, really. So you're right in the middle. <laughs> I do. You're right in the middle. So you're not helping me here. No, not no, at not all. one bit. 15 and a half, and you're going 14 or 17. That's correct. Great. Thanks for the advice. Another in, another interesting play would have been number of carries for Cody Schrader tomorrow. I think it's going to be a bunch. Uh, 20? Needs to be. Well, if you're down. Yeah, you got to throw the ball if yep. you're down. So hopefully it's a lot for him. But he's got to have a big game to, to the point mm-hmm. of him getting the ball and what we talked about, time of possession or keep the clock running or complimentary football, yep. which is what you're saying got to be able to he's got to be able to run the football and he's going up against a bunch of behemoths we know on that Georgia defensive line but at the same time this is somebody Anthony who when he is met initially the yards he is able to gain after contact he keeps those legs churning it's no longer just a great story seriously he is able to churn out the yards he prides himself we've heard about this throughout the season the press room there at Faroe Field fourth quarter when that time arrives that's when he wants to be at his best outlasting everybody big time endurance he was having a big game against LSU who do you guys like uh, City or KC this weekend too Uh, big big game for City yep I'm going City rebound yep clean it back home clean sheet Bring it back home. 2-0, Roman Berkey, clean sheet. 2-0, I like that. Are you back in attack mode, albeit on the road? You have to be. Have to be in Don't bed. stray yeah, away yeah. from what got you to that point. Wasn't That's the right. same team that uh, played in game one.
So no. I'm going. I'm pulling for City, obviously, and it should be a fun match. Absolutely. Hey, by the way, uh, our podcast uh, available at 101ESPN.com or your 101ESPN mobile app. All brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. There you have it. Um, Bradford Bruns, thank you, sir, for filling in for Andrew Marsh today. Great job. Pleasure. Bradford, Appreciate it, guys. Bradford's been on the board now for I think eight straight hours or seven. Has it been seven? Eight? At this point, everything you don't know. Everything together. together. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Dan, always love doing radio yeah. with you. And you're you going to be back buddy. next week. Yep, be back uh, a couple of times next week, I All think. Right, good man. Yep, uh, thank Bradford, you, sir. I don't know. If, did you pull any criticisms or compliments? I... I don't think I, I gave you the, the heads up on that. It's so. all good. Just a lot of love from the 314 as well as the 636 for Danny Mack back oh, yeah, in the heck, house yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, back in the house. I liked the fact, guys, it was my first opportunity to experience a bit of that three-man weave action with you guys. Yeah. First two hours with Jamie. It's fun. It's just a big it's old a four party man here. weave. Yo, Come on, you're in there too, weave. baby. Yep. Okay, okay. Yeah. Stay you're humble. You're in there too. Stay humble. You all got right. it. What are you doing for the Mizzou game, Bradford? Yeah, you're the ultimate he's Mizzou the, fan. He's the ultimate Mizzou fan. Well, as a matter of fact, it's interesting that you ask because <laughs> this game unfolds on my dear wife's birthday. So oh, this one's wow. going to be viewed on tape delay. So happy okay. early birthday to Becky. But there yeah, I'll be watching perhaps in the wee hours, but reviewing that tape ad nauseum. Oh, so what wow. happens, though, if... So you're saying it's you're your birthday, avoiding. which is great. You know, happy birthday to your wife. Yes. My and son gonna, turns two tomorrow, too. Happy so birthday there to her November 4th. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So you're going to spend time with her, quality time. No doubt. And are you not going to be checking on the score, or what are you going to do here? Well, it all depends on the venue, and that has yet to be revealed because we need the element of surprise, Dan. So oh. the element of surprise. How can, but in today's day you're and age, you get me in trouble. You can't avoid it. I've done it. It's hard. It's it is a, so basically, you have to turn off your phone and hope like nobody has an emergency. There you go. Because you're getting text messages and all this stuff. But I've done it. I've then done it before. In the car, you're listening to the game. You can't turn it off. I've done it before on an NFL Sunday where I've avoided everything. I really? can tell radio ends. silent. Yeah, it's it's tough. And then you turn on your phone and you pray that nobody's been in a car accident and they need you for dan mclaughlin and mm. bradford bruns i'm anthony stalter we appreciate everybody listening hey everybody have a great weekend go mizzou go blues in fact blues pregame now go city see you've been listening to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn